0: Hi everyone, uh, this is a special supplementary episode of Wraps in the Kitchen. Um, rather than the usual weekly episodes, we are going to try and uh, reca- do an episode about recapping um, the Halloween films. Because the new one has just been released, uh, which we have all seen. So as it is nearly Halloween, we thought it would be a nice run up to Halloween to talk about these films. And uh, joining me for this lovely, lovely chat... Um, I've got Neil Raptors in the Kitchen regular and regular host Neil McCulloch
1: could you really say Tommy that was a Halloween spectacular?
0: Well, no <laughs> I, mean, I, I am not, I'm not I a, a cheap uh, banner that you see in Sainsbury's when they're trying to flog you Halloween chocolate <laughs> Yeah, you kind of,
1: kind of look like a cheap banner
0: Oh, thanks man What, what a lovely thing to say <laughs> Uh, Joining us for the first time on uh, Wrapped in the Kitchen is uh, our good friend uh, Jason Mann. How are you, man? I'm okay. I thought I'd have to have a wee
2: Michael Myers thing there. (laughs) It didn't really work, though. (laughs) Um, I
0: thought that was someone's phone. Uh, But there you go. Um, Jason is a blogger and uh, he does uh, the Mogul's... uh, Film Odyssey, you can check that out. Uh, We've plugged up the show a couple of times, and he has uh, plugged our show, and uh, we'll be doing all that plugging at the end. Okay, how are you, man? Anyway, appreciated. Yes, yeah, Uh, I'm good. Yeah, thanks.
2: We're good, yeah, Uh, I know, man.
0: Um, Good, uh, been watching a lot of Halloween films, and there's going to be loads of fun stuff to talk about, right? Fun stuff, well. (laughs) <laughs> there'll, be, there'll be there's a lot of laughs anyway man because uh, <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of really silly stuff that happens in some of these films however um we're going to go straight in because it is 40 years since John Carpenter's classic and we will start by talking about where it all began back in Haddonfield in 1978 John Carpenter's Halloween uh, written, uh, written and directed by John Carpenter, co-written by his wife at the time Deborah Hill, and it star it's Jamie Lee Curtis's uh, movie debut. Um, certainly, the film that g- gave her the uh, the scream queen um, title that she so rightly, I think, has earned. Uh, so, I mean, it's a staple of the genre. But let's just go through a brief run through of the uh, brief brief synopsis, if you will. So, young Michael Myers, um, when he's six years old, on Halloween night, brutally murders his sister, and then is incarcerated for 15 years, and then one night, just before Halloween, he escapes, to which his doctor, uh, Dr. Loomis, played by Donald Pleasence, insists that he knows where he's going, and is really kind of the mouthpiece for the audience that tells us who this, who this guy is, and how he is pure evil and he is making his way back to Haddonfield, where it all began 15 years ago for a night of terror. Now, what are your thoughts on this film? Would you consider it a classic, uh, Gentleman? Jason, if Uh, you
1: want to go first, you're the guest.
0: Yeah, I, I would say absolutely.
2: It's a film I've seen so many times, and every single time i just fallen in love with it again, It's mm-hmm. especially after watching all the sequels, I think mm-hmm. it becomes even more obvious how good the first one is when mm-hmm. you compare
0: it to all the attempts to recreate it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you happen to get uh, go see the 40th uh, anniversary um, special? Uh, no, I didn't get a chance to, I just watched it at home. Ah, well, fair enough. <laughs> um, because I've got the old Cineworld we, cards, uh, I decided to indulge. Uh, well we, me and Neil did actually
1: yeah that was, what was that Wednesday we went to see that and watching it again in the cinema and this is actually not the first time me and you have sat and watched it in the cinema no we, we sat saw the GFT it, a couple of years ago we saw ago. It, I think it was the, the 35th anniversary of it in the GFT
0: mm-hmm.
1: and <laughs> to be fair we were both steaming yeah we had a, probably, we had a, we had a lot of wine that night yeah <laughs> and we were probably a bit loud and a lot of the hipsters were giving us dodgy looks but it's, if I remember correctly, that guy had brought that girl for the first time to see that film. Yeah, and that was her complaint that we kept ruining it because you were dead loud. Well, <laughs> yeah,
0: we, we've. I've come but all, anyway, come
1: along that's, with since uh, then. that's that's me kind of <clears throat> moving on from what we're talking about. Yeah, um, yeah, seeing it again in the cinema on for, on Wednesday just reaffirmed how good that film is, mm-hmm. and. How it succeeds in building tension
0: mm-hmm.
1: by giving you, by building the characters enough at the start of the film before the, the kind of slaughter kind of takes place. Yeah. Look, I, I, the one great kind of thing I took away from it this time was just how much the character, like Jamie Lee Curses, Laurie Strode, uh, her pals, Annie, and I can never remember the third one's name. Um, Linda? Linda, how much you actually get that feeling that they are friends. Mm-hmm. It's a very realistic kind of dynamic relationship they have,
0: mm-hmm. to
1: the point where I think that Annie's the best one out of the three.
0: Okay. <laughs>
2: yeah, she's the sassy one. I think <laughs> you can't really underestimate how much Donald Pleasance brings to it as well. Mm-hmm. In, in the first half of the film, the whole hype around Michael just comes from his monologues, and it's mm-hmm. it's so well written that mm-hmm it builds up so much tension when not that much has actually happened yet
0: yeah that's um that's what I was saying to Neil um one thing I really enjoyed about uh Donald Pleasance and just this film in general is he Mm -hmm. is he's the mouthpiece to the audience yeah and keeping with the whole thing of Michael Myers almost being an urban myth um it kind of as an as an audience member, you're sitting listening to Donald Pleasance, and he's explaining to you why you need to be scared of this uh, this man. How he is no he's not a man; he is pure evil. He was unreachable as a patient, and uh, you know Haddonfield has kind of no idea what's uh, coming its way. And even <laughs> when he's talking to like the sheriff and folk that are just dismissive, saying, "Ah, he's a, he's just a guy. We'll find him." Or I think you're you're overestimating this, that, and the other. You know, so I thought it was really good, but like you said. um, <laughs> This is it's something that you that kind of lacks in horror. Not all horror these days, where it's such a simple story, a simple Mm -hmm. story with a simple villain and a simple kind of you know concept. It's I Mm -hmm. just that's why I like it. It is so simply done.
1: It it helps that it's really efficient. Which I'm driven that it does. Yeah. Like there's no there's no kind of wasted shots.
0: No. Yeah. There's not
1: like. There's not, like, random asides of characters which are unnecessary. Everything that happens on screen drives the story forward. Yeah. Um, Yeah,
2: there's a sort of purity to it, I think. Especially characters directing is uh, just... uh, It's almost minimalist in a way. Mm -hmm. Everything Mm -hmm. happens exactly how it needs to. There's not a single... Like you said, there's not a single wasted
0: shot in the whole film. Yeah. Um, Again something else that I mean John Carpenter also did the music for this film and it's mm. such a pioneering way of using music in films and building that contention mm-hmm. and building that kind of drama and the music is as much a part of this film as uh, sorry as much a part of what makes this film great as well as everything else it just it is for well, me the complete package
1: Car- carpenter has said in interviews that the way he does music for a film is it's there to push the story forward like compared to like say your like your Zimmers and your um, Mm. like kind of people of that ilk Uh, your John Williams that kind of thing where a score kind of transcends
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Carpenter is making music that should be under the current kind of underlying and mm -hmm. and, in Halloween this works to the best effect because it helps just kind of raise that level of kind of tension because of it
0: yeah Absolutely.
2: That's actually there's a random bit of trivia I read about the film that I thought was kind of interesting. Is the first cut that Carpenter did didn't have any music at all, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he'd shown that to it was one of the studio execs, and they weren't impressed by it. Yeah. And he went away and said, right, I'm going to do music. And apparently he banged out the entire score to Halloween in two days. Yeah. And it completely changed the film. And
0: the exact same, it who wasn't impressed was apparently terrified by it. Yeah, I mean, it, like like you said, it can change the dynamic of film. It's kind of like when <clears> it's, it's like with Hitchcock and Psycho, like <laughs> you know the like the, the 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 score of that film is, is such an entity in it, such a great sorry not entity such an attribute to how good that film is because uh, like with Halloween, it moves the film along and it's appropriate and <laughs> it's you know all the right places and it ends up being iconic, you know. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was really good though, man. I was the other thing. Again, I, again, you could say it's about any film, I suppose. But the ending of this film is so good. It's mm-hmm. such a good mm-hmm. cliffhanger of an ending, and even just the kind of random shots around the house, and then you hear Michael's breathing coming into, it, and then it just kind of ends, and it's just so satisfying. It's so satisfying because it does leave the possibility that. You know the boogeyman can never be killed, and there could be a sequel, uh, which there was. And oh, uh, is
1: there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but
0: uh, I don't really have anything other, anything else to say about this film. I just, I, I just gush all over it. Like I love it. It's one of my favourite movies. Uh, one of my favourite. Yeah, movies.
1: It, it, it's hard not to say stuff, the same stuff which has been said for the past forty years about it. Exactly. It's, it's still probably the pinnacle of that genre. Mm-hmm. Oh, along, definitely. Along, along with a couple other things, but it's yeah, it's right, it's right there at the top, and it says so much about it that forty years later, it is still holding that position.
0: Mhm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of uh, yep. a lot of uh, like horror films that you see nowadays that try to be overly complicated or rely on jump scares could really le- learn a thing or two of watching this film and learning uh, about creating drama and tension and not Mm. having to rely Mm. on cheap uh, tricks and scares. Mm. I think the thing that confirms it the most is the fact that out of all the
2: sequels that there's been and obviously there's been a lot we've watched them all, Mm -hmm. not a single one of them I think competes with the original. No, uh,
0: no, No. it doesn't. It it doesn't even touch it. Well, Let's move on. Speaking of sequels, uh, let's go straight <laughs> on to Halloween 2, which was I think 1980 or 1981 a few years after it and it's written and produced by Carpenter and Hill but not directed um, by um it is want to say Rosenthal. Uh,
1: is this Rosenthal who is also the same guy that did uh, Resurrection, I yeah, believe?
0: Yeah, he did. Um And there'll be a couple of comparisons uh, to talk about uh, that man's uh, techniques. Um, But let's. uh, So, do you want to give us a synopsis for Halloween 2, Jason? Uh, Yeah, basically, it's a continuation
2: of the same night as Halloween 1. It starts up minutes after. In fact, it, actually the opening scene is the end of part one, showing mm-hmm. again, although it was reshot with a different score for some reason I'm not exactly sure of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it just continues on with Laurie being taken to hospital and Dr Loomis searching for Michael and eventually these two stories
0: intersect at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um. So... I, I like that idea. I like the idea that it's the same night and it's kinda of moving the location into a hospital so we got something a little different. Um I I I still like the second one. I still have a big soft spot for it. Uh what do you guys what's your thoughts on the second one? Uh you go first, uh, Neil.
1: Um I always remember Enjoying Halloween too, but having watched it again this week, I think it's got <laughs> coming off the. If I was if I was back in the day, coming off the back of the original Halloween, I would be really disappointed by it. Okay. And I think my issues with it now is it just it doesn't really capture the feel of the original. It doesn't really get that sense of tension correct. Okay. Um, I think there's nobody to really root for in it right.
0: cause,
1: cause cause Laurie Strode's kind of out of the picture for pretty much about 90% of the film yeah she so only really comes mm-hmm. into it in the end
0: mm-hmm.
1: that all all these all the people that they kind of throw in front of Michael Myers they're all really vacuous kind of just nobodies
0: mm-hmm. like
1: they, they're you're not you're, they're really poorly written they're not given any real reason to care if they lived or died, which just makes this one seem like, you are it seems like, see, when Halloween came out, once that came out and was successful, there were so many kind of imitators, mm-hmm. which always happens when successful films come out, mm-hmm. you get all the copycats, and it just made, like, this feel like it was a poor kind of imitator version of Halloween.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, what about you Jason what's your thoughts on Halloween 2 do you like it or are you very yeah, much the same I, deal? I, I mostly agree with Neil I, I remember
2: I always loved Halloween 2 and would always say about how it was brilliant and it was my, I think I used to say it was my favourite of the sequels and when I watched it again there's things I still really like about it but I watched it the same night as the first one and the comedown coming from the end of the first one to watching the second, the difference between them was so much more glaring. Mm-hmm. It's I still think it's one of the better sequels, but yeah, there's mm-hmm. it's not a scratch on the first. No, no. I, I think the way it, it tries to copy the first kind of dams it a bit more, mm-hmm. you know. it's uh, okay. At least with the some of the other sequels, they try and do their own thing. The second one, feels like it's a retread of the first that doesn't quite match up.
1: It, the... it's, it feels, it's kind of like a retread, but enough kind of slasher tropes have mm-hmm. come into existence mm-hmm. that it now just feels like it's playing out all those tropes.
2: Yeah. The okay. plot's totally different, but the, even the directing style, it feels like uh, Rick Rosenthal's trying to be John Carpenter mm-hmm. and he just isn't. It's He doesn't have the same skill. Mm.
0: Um... <clears throat> I I mean I, I I still I mean after watching this one I said for the purposes of this podcast I <laughs> there's still a lot I like about it uh, I quite like some of the like when you like I, like yeah it's just hospital workers and there's colleagues but as I was saying to Neil like again I'm not rooting for anybody to die you know I mean it's just when they die they die they don't seem like terrible people um, and. I thought some of the the second one the the okay body, mm? sorry
1: sorry to interrupt Tommy but I just I'll kind of clarify what I mean is that you don't you're not given any reason to care for them because okay they're not bad people mm. but they're not because you've not been given any kind of depth to them mm-hmm. they're also not people that you care mm. whether they live or die
0: well, and yeah. That,
1: that I think that mm. is a detractor, because at least uh, you, they might be bad people, but you still maybe don't want them to die in, yeah. the, in some other. Well, yeah, that's saying, like, say oops, sorry, sorry.
2: on you go. Well, well, I would say quite a lot of the the runtime is given to new characters,
0: mm-hmm. and
2: apart from the characters who came from the first film, you don't really none of them are compelling. You know, yeah. it's still good to see Laurie and mm-hmm. it's good to see Loomis and even you know the sheriff is. It's, it's mm-hmm. good to see them again but outside of them you don't care about any of the the characters in the hospital hmm. there's there's nothing about them that makes you remember them to the yeah, same way
0: I would agree with that, It's they're not compelling um, and because there is a, there's a lot more in the hospital I mean like, um, it is the it is the sequel and the, the body count is more and the death scenes are a bit more brutal <laughs> and a bit more gorier. Um you also get in this film the reveal that Laurie Strode is related to Michael Myers as in as his sister. Mm-hmm. Um, something that Loomis Loomis himself learns and it kinda makes sense to him of why he'd be trying to stalk Laurie, because it was, you know, it was his sister he killed all those years ago. Um, so I didn't mind that kind of world building, they kinda were trying to forward it. I do understand like what you're saying, there's there's a I, I do agree with a lot of what you're saying. Um especially <laughs> Uh, I mean, let's talk about the execution here. Rosenthal mm. has this thing where he really likes hilarious, crappy props. Like, <laughs> see the see yeah, the, see the he door. Does. He's got a thing about gimmick doors. Like, Myers just explodes through a door. <laughs> and it just looks like the crappiest prop ever. And there's the bit where the window just kind of shatters as he wanders through it. Uh, just, I don't uh, want to jump ahead here, but there's a bit in Resurrection. Oh, where yes, yes, yes. It it's amazing. You know? yes, <laughs> that's that's what I was going to say. Why he has a thing for gimmick doors because that comes into play in Resurrection. Um, and yeah, like let me. Okay, here's a question. Like, here's a question for you. What do you think of the ending of this film?
1: Well, where she shoots him point blank through the eyes.
0: Yeah, and he still doesn't die. He's swinging that away.
1: Is, that's the point of the film where I kind of go yeah I'm not really into this because one of the things I really like about the first one Mm. is that even though he escapes at the end Mm. he's still only a man he's not a mystical creature Mm. but as soon as she shoots him through the eyes Mm. and he doesn't fall he's a mystical creature
0: yeah he's even more a mystical creature when (laughs) Dr. Loomis is is in the room with him and they set the room on fire uh, and the whole fucking room blows up. Laurie's out, no problem, and then Michael starts to kind of wander for a wee bit outside the room on fire, and then he just kind of collapses. You know,
2: I, I would say if this was the last film in the series, if they only ever made two, I would be fine with that, because I, yeah, too. I I love the idea of Michael as this unstoppable force of nature. If that was the thing that finally killed him, and the series ended, that would be okay. But it's the Yeah, th- Okay, getting his eye shot out and set on fire, he somehow
1: appears in a sequel. Mm. That's when yeah, because because it's fine if it was only two of them, yeah. But I was when I came across this series there was already probably about there was at least three of them by then.
0: Yeah,
1: and they'd start probably started on four. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually, four would be in existence because that was eighty-eight.
0: Yeah, that's right. um So, I agree. I I think given that Carpenter and Hill wrote the script, I think they wanted it that way. It's like, you've got Mm. Dr. Loomis and his patient going down Mm. in a blaze of glory, if you will, and um, that could have and would have been an acceptable ending. Yeah. However, that was not the case. So,
2: can I mention what my favourite point in Halloween Two is before we move yeah, on? Yeah, of course I, you can. I, I. My my favourite bit is when Doctor Loomis just straight up murders an innocent teenager. Yeah, yeah. no absolutely. one cares. I'm Glad you brought
1: that up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. There's uh, no, there's absolutely no comeback to that.
2: There's not. No. <laughs> the thing that makes it even funnier for me is is it just, when they go to the autopsy. <laughs> well, it's when they mention who it is. And they say that the teenager, the teenager that he killed, was Ben Kramer, who was in the first Laurie's film, love was boyfriend, who was going to take her to the prom because she's not suffered enough. They have to kill him too. Mm. <laughs> but, I, <laughs> to I, be I, fair, I young Ben
0: should that. have shouted and bowled <laughs> but he's not really given the uh, he's not really given the opportunity. He meets a meets his end in a very fucking brutal way.
1: <laughs> yeah, like. Why does that car explode? <laughs> yeah.
0: It's because it's the early eighties, and that's what cars did. Same as same as windows when you punched them once, they just shattered. No bother. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that is a <laughs> that is a fun bit. I don't know if I have a favourite bit of Halloween too. The gimmick door did make me laugh a lot. Um,
1: Weird, weirdly, weirdly enough, though, the boy getting killed because of a hero is a thing that happens quite a lot in this series there's other points where this happens yeah yeah
2: i I still think this one's the funniest one just because it's so ridiculously over the top he couldn't just get hit by a car he has to get hit by a car and then it exploded
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) um yeah um well that was that was halloween too and that was that was worth mentioning jason good man um So something I was meaning to mention sorry again oh, was, go, man. throughout
2: the series I realized I took notes on each of the masks to oh, see so how did we so oh, did we. good man good thinking this, I thought this maybe we should touch up. on them as we go
0: through One, the films perfect two, yeah absolutely. all right but in this upcoming Welcome film to we're four, good. Huh? yeah <laughs> Halloween for good god oh, the god. mask is shit it is so shockingly for, crap
1: for Four and five, mm-hmm. the mask is rubbish because it's the same mask. Yeah, it changes again in six, and it's a wee bit better.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, um, so.
2: Well, I found out the the mask in two is actually the same mask in one, but it's got battered between the films. Because the guy who played Michael in the first film would just roll it in a ball and stuff it in his pocket because they didn't know they were making a sequel then. Yeah. And then they left it in Deborah Hill's house, and she was a chain smoker, so it's turned
0: yellow between films. <laughs> oh, well, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty uh, sure John Carpenter and her were married, so uh, they're both. Yeah, they around, were, they were, were like a, a couple at
2: some point. Yeah. But, uh, but the other thing that makes it look different in the second film is it's a different guy playing Michael. Yeah, and he's a that, lot stockier, so it gives him a kind of turnip head. But the reason, yeah, that,
1: that's felt, a that's a thing throughout the series because it seems <laughs> to always be a different guy, <laughs> and the performances kind of vary dramatically. Yes, yeah.
0: The um, reason
2: I, felt I had to mention that is just because the guy who played Michael in the second one has the most amazing name ever. He's called Dick Warlock. Dick Warlock.
0: Dick well, you're not gonna, you're not gonna top that in terms of names. <laughs> um, I don't know
1: John Matrix is a good name.
0: Yeah, well, all right. Um, we'll look at who all played Michael Mason. And
1: Mason Storm mm-hmm. is also a good name.
0: Yeah, man, he was hard to cast. That Fry? yes,
1: also a good name.
0: yeah. Right. Well, we could be here forever, awesome, talking about awesome uh, film names. So let us move swiftly on, because. Halloween three went a different way and it didn't make as much money. We then come to Halloween four, the return of Michael Myers. Uh, Don't
1: worry, we will talk about Halloween three. We're we just, will. We're just getting we're the, Myers do stuff. the Myers as either way.
0: So Halloween four, the return of Michael Myers. Um Laurie Strode is out. Um, we learned I, that... I
1: believe it is a di- it's a direct sequel to two.
0: It is. Um and Doctor, the invincible Doctor Loomis, I might add, uh, he's back. Um, the you get this recap at the start of who Michael Myers was because the body's been moved, um, and you fight and this conversation between this doctor and the CMT about what happened to Laurie Strode and how she died in a car crash, but she had a kid, and the kid has been adopted and uh, by this family. All this conversation takes place... ...as Michael's body is lying there... ...and then that... ...in the back of the ambulance... ...that kind of awakens him... ...and that is the plot... But, uh, Jamie Lee... ...sorry... ...Laurie Strode's... Um, ...daughter... ...Jamie... ...is now the new target... ...for um, Michael Myers... Uh, ...for both 4 and 5... Um, ...during that conversation... <laughs> uh, ...when Michael Myers... is ...I think it's his first kill... ...in this film... He puts his thumb right into this guy's uh, forehead, and oh god, it's it looks just rubbish, but great at the same time. It reminded me of uh, when it happens in The Thing when uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it it, yeah, it made so. me
1: think of this in and North Star. Oh, did it though. Yeah, because he's that guy's forever putting thumbs in people's heads.
2: Yeah. All I could think during that scene is, surely there's an easier way to kill someone with your bare hands. It's it's like the thickest bit of the skull. Surely we go for an eye or something instead.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Or a neck break. You know. I mean, yeah, he he could do that, but no, he he he. They try to do that, and to be honest, it was both shit and great at the same time. (laughs) Um, That's a way to describe a lot of these films. That's true. (laughs) Um, Let me ask you this. What do you think about the Nice tie-in in terms of like the world? I mean, there's no Laurie Strode, but I mean, do you think this is acceptable, cheap? I mean, what do you think? Uh, um, Jason, I'll ask you first, sorry.
2: I, I think, considering the way that number two ended, it's the only way they could... Really go. if they can't get Jamie Lee Curtis back and they've already set her up as a sister, they have to kind of continue the family connection. It's not great, but it's it, it's an excuse for a sequel
1: mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, i've I've seen sequels being made with far more tenuous links than that mm-hmm. the Saw so <laughs> yeah exactly. Well, exactly. yeah, God knows what's doing that anymore, yeah,
0: um.
1: But yeah, it's a means to an end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and I suppose it, it opens up kind of for where this kind of middle trilogy goes.
0: <laughs> yeah, because we also, as well as the niece tie-in, there's also a wee bit of a wee bit of like of world building of what Michael is. They don't go fully into it. They just have. Couple little ideas about you know, you know the Celtic festival of Samhain and the. Well, the, to the... be honest,
1: that doesn't that doesn't really kick in until nearer the end of five.
0: Yeah, that but stuff. I think they kind of yeah. Yeah, they lay a wee bit of a wee bit of information there, but nothing. It doesn't. It's barely a yeah. factor in it. But they lay a wee bit into it. Four's four's a
1: right let's just get this back off the ground Mm -hmm. into a formula that we know people want to see. Yeah, I think four
2: for me was a a turning point when I I mean I as much as I still think one is the only genuine masterpiece, Mm -hmm. uh, two and three I both still enjoy, I still We would say I, I really love both those films, flaws and all. Mm-hmm. The fourth is when it does just start to feel like a generic, boring
0: <clears> Yeah, I mean, this was. I mean, every one of the Halloween films is almost like it's it's like a it's like a nice we look into the year that it was made, and there's so much Definitely. of like Halloween mm-hmm. four and five bleeding together because they were they're mm-hmm. late eighties slasher films. In a in a decade where they, they were everywhere, you know, Friday the Thirteenth, Halloween, like there were various horror franchises. that was just sequel, sequel, sequel. Four, four, and
1: five as well. Like, there's literally a difference of a year between them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: which makes me think they were maybe shot back to back.
0: Yeah, because given,
1: given that it's a lot of the same cast, mm-hmm. So
0: mm-hmm. different uh, directors with, though.
1: Yeah, we one are, thing yeah, I find actually,
2: yeah, I I do find it interesting how. Different four and five look from each other in directing style, though. Because yeah. four does really try to still do the sort of carpenter style, pop, it's just it's okay. very bad at it yeah. when pop,
1: five pop gives quiz. up entirely. Pop quiz four yep. is directed by Dwight H. Little. Mm-hmm. Name two mm-hmm. genre pictures that a man has directed. I, I can
2: actually do this because I. I looked up every direction <laughs> to see what, what they directed wicked. and there's not a lot of good films between all of them, but Dwight there's, H. Little There's
1: two belters
2: I've, I've got noted down, he's the director of Steven Seagal's Marked for Death
1: That is Free Willy 2 <laughs> Alright, I was going to go with Rapid Fire with Brandon Lee Rapid oh nice fire. I didn't even notice I mean, that one rapid yeah, fire
0: is not the belter everyone thinks it is <laughs> Paco for years was like rapid fire is well good and I like my crappy yeah. action movies I like Mark for death but I was like it, I was, it,
1: God, I'll
0: I, admit there is no showdown in Little Tokyo but no. <laughs> man, well, I, I, I thought it was also quite gash watch it again <laughs> um, yeah but I it, okay also, there we go oh. So, he
2: also directed some episodes of 24, if that counts for anything. But... Yeah,
0: that's that's what happens. Yeah,
1: he had, he had quite a prolific run. Yeah.
0: yeah, that tends to be what happens when you make some films and then they aren't very good. You do TV directing. Um, you,
1: you find when you look at all the directors of these films, there's a lot of TV work. That that
2: is, there is a lot of TV. That was a recurring theme, I noticed.
0: Yeah, well, Halloween 5, I believe the director... Um, oh, man, not Spanish... Um,
1: yeah, I think he's French maybe.
0: Yeah. Oh wait, I've got his name. He's Swiss. He's Swiss.
1: a Swiss,
2: Swiss indie director called Dominique Othinen Gerard That's right. Um,
1: his I... only other film of note would be The Omen Four. Yep. <laughs> Straight don't... to TV as well.
0: Yeah. I remember being young and kinda liking Omen Four The Awakening, but then I watched it again and it's fucking awful. Um so yeah. anyway, we're going we're going yeah. off track here. So Halloween four Um, Yeah, it's very much... It is the fourth film in a horror franchise at a time where you were getting those all over the place in like the late 80s, early 90s. Now, again, I'm slightly biased here, but I don't hate it. It is daft trash, and it is exactly what a fourth entry into a slasher franchise kind of is... What I like about it is they do try to do a couple of little world building different things, but ultimately there is a lot of daft shit in this. There is no fucking way Loomis would have survived that fire. And even when you see him, he's like, oh, he's got a bit of a mark on his cheek. You're like, dude, you were right. in a fire. Right, in the-
1: okay. I'm going to have to talk about this. Right, right?
0: okay. Because
1: this, this is one of my real issues with four five and six mm-hmm. at the end of two you don't even see Loomis no so he just assumed he's died in that fire mm-hmm. however you find out he's alive mm. at the end of two you see the physical form of Michael Myers mm. as a walking fireball yeah after however, getting his eyes shot out as well <laughs> after getting his eyes shot out, however Loomis only has a wee bit on his face
0: yeah and
1: of a bit in a mangled hand mm-hmm. all Michael Myers has is a wee bit on his hand mm-hmm. And you <laughs> look for bit, feel... just <laughs> to jump just weirdly jump ahead there's a mm-hmm. bit in five mm-hmm. where you see him fair enough it's kind of from a distance mm-hmm. but he has a perfect face yeah there's nothing wrong with his face they're they their wounds from that fire Loomis as well their wounds heal over the yeah, course of three films. That's true.
0: Um, I mean, again, we're jumping a wee bit ahead, but by Halloween 6, Loomis is completely healed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I did not notice normal? that. That's like, what between 4 and 5, him?
2: it's like, between 2 and 4 is supposed to be something like 10 years or something. Yeah, it's uh, 10 years. Uh, and yeah, yeah,
0: yeah.
2: between 4 and 5, it's like one year, and he heals more in that one year than he does in the <laughs> previous 10.
0: Yeah, um... So yeah, uh, like there is a lot of daft elements, uh, um, but again, some things I kind of like. I like the fact that for Halloween, Jamie goes out in the exact same costume as her uncle did, which I thought was a nice wee callback. Mm -hmm. I also quite liked the end, even though... The passing of said curse is a bit daft. No, it's not even a bit daft. It's really daft. It's stupid. Yeah, she touches I... his hand and then gets this sense of evil. <laughs> or she, or she, she has a psychic connection with him. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. I think the end of four would hold up better if five and six didn't exist and try and explain it. I think if it yeah, was left yeah. a mystery,
0: I... it would yeah. work better. Yeah. But... Also, but... the way that, I mean,. Again, just talking about the ending. so I, I do like the ending. But see at the end of Halloween 4, right? So at the end of Halloween 4, after um, Michael is run over and he's near this abandoned well, it I guess the, the Haddonfield's equivalent of stormtroopers are there because they shoot... Everything but him and they're so close to him. He gets hit like <laughs> a couple of times and then you just amazing. see gravestones and all that, and I'm like, it's not like I mean, they're they're ten yards from him <laughs> with shotguns and all kinds, and he gets hit a couple of times, I mean, the, but the,
1: the guy the guy playing Myers, his performance of getting shot is terrible. Yeah. It's, it's... like he just jerks. Yeah, and then yeah. stops, and then jerks yeah. again. Yeah. Even though he's getting I, I wouldn't
2: consistently say... shot. I wouldn't just say in the end shot. I'd say in general, his mannerisms are mostly yeah. hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, he,
1: can, he is he, a bit he, overboard on it. Yeah, he's even, even
0: before then, the right? <laughs> even before then, the in four, like obviously, like they, they find out Myers is he, he's back, and there's a curfew in play. But man, like he, 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 he's so quiet, or. The people of Haddonfield have selective hearing because the amount yeah. of times where there are murders being taken, like, okay, the example I'm thinking of is again just before the end when Myers is the, the, the lynch mob turn up mm-hmm. and they are very much, we're going to kill him, we're going to kill him, and then they have a quick chat with Loomis and then all of a sudden decide, now nah, maybe we should just not do that. Yeah. Myers has creeped See- onto the van, or sorry, the pickup truck. And uh, he's, goes... doing a, he's
1: doing a cape Fear.
0: and yeah, but then he murders about three or four folk, and the folk driving it just don't hear it, <laughs> yeah. and don't even. That's, I mean, not, it like... that's not the. That's not the most
1: egregious thing about this film. Oh no! Yeah, like, the worst thing about this film is that very lynch mob think they see Myers in a bush, yeah, and just unload <laughs> shotguns and rifles, <laughs> yeah. and then there's a scene where right after where they walk over at the bush, and they see it's just some random kid. Yeah. Some teenager and they know the name. The guy goes, "Oh no, it's this guy," <laughs> and nothing happens about it. Yeah. They just go back on their on their van and go and try and find Michael again. Yeah. So like there's no nobody looks upset about it. It's like, oh man, we've just killed a guy. Yeah. It also, oh, no. that, right, one thing I've it.
2: throughout this series is the complete lack of law and order in Haddonfield. Yeah. That, uh, <laughs> yeah. The police are completely useless. They're, they're so. <laughs> they're.
1: they're they're like the Springfield police. Yeah, I mean, so even in the original film,
2: which is a classic, has ridiculous stuff with the police. Like, mm-hmm. when they when they go to the hardware store that Michael's robbed, it's clearly, like, a, almost
0: a day later after it's
2: yeah. broken into, and it's yeah. like, this is a small town. How long does it take them yeah. to solve one robbery? Yeah, and, and
0: there's, there's a load of times in the fourth one where Dr. Loomis is like, look he's definitely back here, and the police just, out and out, don't listen to him, and I'm like, you, you have a history here, I mean, why wouldn't you listen to him? And it's only after a while the curfew and all that is getting put in place and things like that. Um, there's a bit I think as well... I love it. Oh, sorry. No, I was going to say, there's a bit, again, it's a lovely, brilliant 80s trope, just what we were talking about, smashing windows willy-nilly and cars fucking into balls of flame for no reason. There's a bit where um, <laughs> Rachel... Fucking launches herself out Rachel, a window
1: to the to the listeners. Rachel is Jamie Lloyd's sti- uh, kind of is, foster sister. A, yeah, that's right. She, Rachel's the, the final girl. Yeah,
0: of this yeah. one, and she launches herself out this window willy nilly and takes a good thirteen foot, fifteen foot <laughs> dive, and then is like, just gets up. You're like, she's fucking dead. <laughs> It's that like, that, hap- that happens in sex as well. I know, but yeah. that's what I'm saying is, this is a popular 80s trope I love of you smash <laughs> oh, glass yeah. willy-nilly, stuff just balls at the as I was like, brilliant man. She's absolutely dead though. At least broken knees.
2: Mm. Um, Another one I've got is, I, I scribbled down some notes while watching each of these films and one note I wrote down for uh, Halloween 4 was, Michael Myers can apparently teleport now. Yeah,
0: yeah. That and <laughs> 5 yeah. as well, he... That-
1: that that's something in the in the entire series, uh, which it doesn't irk me, but I kind of just let go. Is Meyer's ability to get places mm, yeah. and to cover what looked like quite large, dis- large distances in very little time, like for instance in the first one, he escapes in the middle of the night, but somehow manages to turn up at this at Haddonfield. Like the same day, essentially. Yeah. Even though at some point, one guy, some random guy, says he escaped the night before. Yeah. Um. (laughs) But you get, but that happens in all of them, Mm -hmm. where he's out in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. or he's escaped from from wherever he's escaping from, and then then within hours, he's in Haddonfield.
2: Yeah. Some of them seem more plausible than others. Like yeah. In the first couple, you get the feeling it may be plausible for him to walk that distance, but he yeah. just seems to like vanish on one side of town and just appear on the other, even though the entire city's on
0: lockdown looking for him, and uh, he's Do- got Do- there in seconds. Yeah, Dr. Loomis inherits his telepor- teleporting uh, yes. uh, in Halloween yeah. 5. Um is there anything more you want to say about four, or will we just bleed into five? Should uh, four, should we talk four, about the mask?
1: or the mask! The mask—the same one in five. So we'll just talk about that at the end of five. I, I think it's a different one in five. Is Is it? It? Uh, yeah, they're both uh, that but... kind of. They're not both that horrendous. Like, it looks like somebody's got a tipex pen and coloured it in. Yeah. Well, it's the same colour. The one in five, I think they tried to fix the one in
2: four and possibly made it worse. <laughs> they, 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 because they're uh, terrible. The, the one in four, the note I put down for it is that it looks like a cross between late-era Michael Jackson and an inflatable sex doll.
0: Yeah, I can see the inflatable sex doll thing. There's mm. a bit, I think it's it's either in four, I think it's five, when like they do that classic Michael Myers shot of he's he's kicking about during the day, and it's an over-the-shoulder shot, but the fucking mask is all like a big flappy bit, and you can see the skin Aye, it's all not, that.
1: It's not tucked in. Yeah, yeah
0: it just looks fucking rank. Yeah. Um, so let's bleed into five okay. then, because we kind of covered that, right? So again, much like Halloween two, Halloween five kind of starts after four, where Michael Myers has been shot a wee bit and then falls down this shaft, this this mine shaft or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and as he does that, he uh, and then we see when um, Jamie Jamie Lee goes back. Sorry, Jamie Lynn goes back. She has adopted the, she's adopted the mask and almost recreates the scene from the first one where she stabs her um, her foster mother to shit. So that's the end of four. And then whilst that's happening, Michael is down this mineshaft and he crawls out of the mineshaft and floats away down to safety. And then he comes across a shack with some gentleman in it in which Hey that that's Hobo
1: has his shit together, I'll tell you that. This, Quite a shack. This one has.
0: Yeah, this this <laughs> this is where it gets fun. So the, he goes in like the the hobo sees Michael all fucked and shit and Michael kinda gets laid on the hobo's bed. And then one year later <laughs> <laughs> we are still at the shack with said pervert <laughs> And Michael is still in that bed. (laughs) What happened between that year?
2: (laughs) I I would, instead of Halloween 5, I would like to see a sitcom about those two living together for a year and just the wacky hijinks they
0: get up to. Yeah, so, yeah, pervert's wrong, but I'm just, you do wonder what the hell was happening during that year? He's lying in this guy's bed and then he wakes up. And then brutally murders his roommate. Let's call him that. The, the old dude. Surely the
1: question we should be asking is that hobo has kept that guy for a year without seeking medical attention for him. Yep. Even though he can probably see that he has bullet holes in him. Mm-hmm. Lots of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I think pervert might be
0: correct. Well,
1: yeah. My, yeah.
0: My instinct being you're not helping the guy it's almost like you want him just how you want him and you've laid him in this bed and that was yeah so let's uh, let's ju- that right. so yeah as we said four and five kind of bleeding each other so as a result of the end of four where Jamie brutally attacks her foster mum in five um, she is put into a hospital like um, uh, for a juvenile uh, well well I guess...
1: I mean, it's a juvenile nutcase house.
0: Yeah, let's let's say that. So she's in there. Um, she has kind of lost her ability to talk. Um, she still has this connection with Michael where like she kind of knows when he's awake and when he's, go- when he's going about.
1: Right. Um, okay, wait a minute. Can I, I'm just going to parse that one out a little. Okay. It's not so much that she knows when he's awake and when he's about. She can see through his eyes... Yeah, and she's... see what he is doing. Yeah, oh, yeah
0: okay. they have that's, some sort of yeah, psychic that's... link. Yeah, yeah it's it's psychic because, link. because she touched his hand at one time, she's, they've got the, the evil share. Um, so also, anyway,
1: also, also, her being in this hospital, mm. everyone's super nice to her. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, you've got a good pair, oh, this is lovely, this is great. You're a lovely person. She chipped a woman. And everybody like Rachel's in this one as well. Yeah. And she's like, Oh Jamie, you're brilliant you're my best pal. This is magic. Wish you can get out of this hospital. But, instead of going, Chib a we cow but very well, much you know it wasn't that...
0: her fault. It's like it, it wasn't really her yeah. that did it. And the, that
1: that the like, thing I love is uh the... she okay. was just following orders.
0: <laughs> well,
1: the thing that I love in this is
2: how inconsistent Dr. Lewis is. Like yeah, there's terrible. been a lot of folk commenting on in the original film that Dr. Lewis is the worst psychologist ever. That he's seen this one small child who has never spoken a word, who's committed one murder, and just decides this kid's the devil, he has to die. <laughs> based yeah. on that one. And then when another kid the exact same age commits almost the identical murder, he's like,
0: Oh, she's harmless. <laughs> Well, I see. The thing is, we were talking about like, like I kind of thought Loomis was quite creepy in this because see see the, see the way yeah, he handles the it, children, it. he's like he's proper shouting and bawling like, "Tell us what you know, Jamie," fucking like hot oh. cleaner and all that, and then it's like that they're like, "Mate, do you want to calm down?" <laughs> I'll be honest. As much as
2: I think. Four is a better film than Five. I enjoyed Five a lot more just because I found Dr. Loomis hilarious through the whole thing.
1: I I enjoyed Five slightly more, but I think it's because I actually enjoyed the character of Tina Mm -hmm. a lot more and could root for her, whereas Four I didn't really feel like I I was rooting for anybody.
2: Yeah, although I do feel in Five the fact that you don't care at all about Rachel, and then they suddenly, here's Tina, care about her, when you have no yeah. idea who she is. You no, know, <laughs>
1: Tina, Tina's introduced in four. Is T- she? Tina get Yeah, Tina's in it for, like, two scenes in four, and then is never seen again.
0: And then I think there's a different actress uh, for her in five. But, yeah, it's No, like...
1: I'm sure it's the same one. Oh, I'm a... going to
0: look. Do you yeah. know who Tina actually
2: reminded me of? Throughout this, and uh, I kept finding this kind of funny. Well, she reminded me of Mona Lisa Sapphisteen from Parks and Rec. I can see
0: that. I can see that. But yeah, it's like it's, well, it is 1989 after all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just basically, I mean, while Neil's looking that up, um, Rachel is like she's you know she's Jamie's foster sister. But she is mm-hmm. very much pushed to the back, and Tina is the forefront yeah. in this. And even no, Jamie seems Rachel, to like her more.
1: Rachel gets killed like fifteen minutes in. Yeah, yeah,
2: but... but it's not even like you care about it. It's not made out like oh my god, where's Rachel for the whole film? It's like she gets killed, and it's like uh, oh, we don't care about her anymore. Yeah, Tina's
0: Here's a f- new character. Yeah, Tina's the focal point, and that's the one oh, no, that it really is. It, it is. Sorry, it is a definite matchism mm. for. Yeah, she Tina's uh, she a very likeable character in this absolutely Yeah,
2: yeah, I, I, I did kind of like Tina you know, one thing I found funny though when we're mentioning Rachel's death is it is one of the it's a continuity error I picked up on and it's usually I don't care about that kind of thing it's a minor thing but I just found it really funny in this is there's a bit when it's like Rachel goes home and I think she's about to put a record on and then Michael comes out and starts stabbing her and then later on in the film when they come into the house, they find that the record's still playing, but she never put on. So that suggests that she stopped halfway through getting stabbed, put the <laughs> record on, and then went back mm. to continue getting stabbed. Yeah, <laughs> which you know uh,
0: that that made me smile a bit. <laughs> no, Absolutely, like again, like the way as like again, just the kind of the way the way this film kind of goes uh, inevitably, Michael comes back to Anfield and starts terrorising and try to find Jamie. And everyone associated with her um and then, like as I said about Halloween four dr Loomis um inherits Michael's teleporting ability because again he is always in the right place at the right time for a character, and again yeah. it come the the end of the film being that they're gonna use Jamie as bait uh, and <laughs> have her in Michael's house. <laughs> So that Michael will come home and then Loomis will take care of him. And again, they kind of tussle and Loomis is very much, you know, again, invincible. I, mean, I don't know how many... This man survived fire and multiple stabbings over these films. And during that time, he get Like, Michael gets the better of him. It only makes him the stronger. Yeah, Michael Michael gets the better. I mean, he doesn't kill him nearly. So then he goes looking for Jamie and then... Uh, Michael kind of takes care of the cop and Jamie manages to escape Michael. But during that time, Doctor Loomis has home alone to basement. (laughs) Where the fuck did he get that metal net from? And that we, you know that we kind of contraption on how to put it on the roof. And he's got a fucking rifle all of a sudden with like poison darts in it. And I'm like, Where did all this come from? It's like he never had this the previous scenes. (laughs) <laughs> he's just been driving
1: about in his motor with that in the back
2: yeah right Well, also... one thing I love about Loomis in this film mm-hmm. is the fact that everyone does what he says like there's you know, this is, runs in the series, but especially in this one, he can turn up in the weirdest scenario when no one has a clue who he is and just runs in and goes, You have to shoot that man or something. Yeah. Everyone just goes, Alright, yeah.
0: he does it. It's and like no to... one
2: questions who this crazy old guy yeah. is.
0: It's at this point because this there's a there's a very there's a scene involving Tina in this film, and it's at this point that we're gonna talk about Michael Myers is driving. <laughs> <laughs> um because I mean, all the way back to one, he gets in that car and he escapes. How does this man know how to drive?
1: Yeah. A man who has been somewhat comatose since six years old.
0: Yeah. But not only that, again, there's a lot of time, especially the first one and the fourth and the fifth one, where... He's just kicking about the daytime, driving round Sleepy Haddonfield, wearing his mask, and his vision's limited. So how the fuck was he not involved in several accidents? Tom, or, Tommy, is, the it, is,
1: his, is his vision limited because A, he's wearing a mask, B, he gets shot in the eyes in the second one and these are direct mm. sequels, mm. or C, it was a flaming fireball at the end of 2, which would have melted his retinas?
0: The answer is all of the above. Um, because again, to be fair, he does crash in this one, <laughs> uh, eventually. Um, it's
2: like,
1: I, I actually, to be fair, see when they're in, see the scene when uh, they've got Jamie in the Myers house and they're waiting on him coming mm. when he's driving that Polis car, he, like, he's driving
0: it like he's pissed because he's weaving it all over the road. Mm. He, yeah. he had been through quite a bit at that point, but even in the first one in Haddonfield, where nothing has happened to him, he's driving about, no bother seems to, I mean, I'm just saying. How does he know how to like indicate, or or even the highway code, or what the different signs mean? How is he not a suspicious driver, (laughs) even before he's gone through all that shit? And like you said, after one and two, his face had been melted to shit and eyes shot out. He's still not bad at the old driving, because there's one point where he murders Tina's boyfriend. He gets in the car, wearing a mask, and is driving Tina to the shops for a pack of ciggies or whatever it is. And he's fairly all right at the old driving, but who the fuck did he learn all that shit? My theory is because <clears throat> in the fifth one, you have a you have a character who's in a black jacket and a black hat, mm-hmm. and you see on Michael's wrist he's got the the kind of the the tattoo of the um, again leads back to the whole Sam Hain thing where they're opening up this mythology. Yeah. of there might be more to it. Um, it's all setting up the sixth film. Yeah, with, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and my theory is that because it's a curse or whatever, I'm guessing that the curse allows him to be able to drive really well, as well as well, being um, well yeah. be invincible. It,
1: it, it's, it's kind of that, but when a character's introduced in the sixth one, it kind of explains what's maybe been going on in the background. yeah. Um, Yeah, one thing I
2: found kind of funny in the fifth one is how they constantly hint at this other bad guy who's mysteriously wandering about town. And he, he doesn't really. Do much in the film, but when he first turns up, I like the fact they have a shot of him literally kicking a puppy just to make sure you get the message that this is a bad guy. <laughs> like like right. you wouldn't know otherwise. He just he like walks off a bus or something and straight away just kicks a puppy for yeah. no reason.
0: That's how you know he's an arsehole when he kicked a puppy. So it's, like, it's so much more to come from this guy. But the only time the only time he kind of you see he kinda of kicks about every now and then. But by the end of 5, as I said, Loomis is home alone in the basement. So this metal net comes down on Michael and he's pumped him full of all these poison darts. And it looks as if Loomis collapses on Michael as if he's having some kind of seizure or attack. Then it cuts to Michael is apprehended and he's sitting in a jail cell. And then this character who kicked a puppy at the start of the film turns up and... Busts Michael out of jail. You don't see it, but it's implied that he sets the place on fire and Michael has escaped. And that—that is how the fifth one goes. And Jamie's obviously she's in the cop car. She goes in, everyone's dead. She starts crying, and then that is kind of how the fifth one ended. Just coming. I was meant to say you were talking about stylistically different. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you. With four, four is kind of tries to do that carpenter thing. The fifth one has really interesting editing, and even the way it opens is different. You can yeah. see the the director, as well as it is a Halloween film, stylistically is trying to make it something a bit like different. And not yeah, say... it's a much more dynamic directing style. Yeah. There's a lot
2: more like crash zooms and
1: yeah, you can, you can feel the nineties starting to bleed into. It.
2: Yeah, that's yeah. very true.
1: Very
0: true. Um, I would say the 5th has the worst score of the whole series though oh that oh, I don't know I, I'm, I'm going to maybe say the 6th one see the, yeah. I, I would
2: have to say the 5th for the one moment when I don't know the, I'd, the, probably, the I'd probably cop. say Resurrection oh no. yeah Resurrection's Resur- bad but oh, there's, wait, a, th- th- there's a bit in the 5th one when there's a pair of cops who are supposed to be bumbling idiots appear <laughs> oh, and yeah. it starts playing clown music as if you That's couldn't right, work um, out their idiots on your own on. <laughs>
1: Um, so use... It does it does that more than once. Every time they're on screen, you get a bit of it whenever yeah. they say something stupid. But it's just when you <clears> think <throat> of the first film and how
2: pure and crisp yeah. haunt and haunting the Halloween theme is on its own, just this minimalist, terrifying score, and then you get to part five and a character walks on screen and you're... <laughs> yeah, it's
0: just, yeah, it's a bit weird. What, what is this? Yeah. But... Um... Uh, final thoughts on five. So you liked it. You thought you enjoyed it more than four. I, I Plus. enjoyed my oh, own. Sorry, Neil. You go. Sorry, first. Neil. Yeah, you go first.
1: Yeah, it's, I enjoyed it more than four. Purely based on, I had there was a character being Tina, which I could kind of get behind and go, all right, okay, let's see how this goes for you. Mm-hmm. Whereas four, I didn't really have that. Cause I didn't really care that much about Rachel mm-hmm. and. Jamie Lloyd's one of these ones is just going to be she's there to get keep the plot going mm-hmm. um, it's five as a worst film in terms of how it's made mm. how it looks mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the other performances are pretty rubbish mm-hmm. however I still kind of enjoyed it. I kind of enjoy. It. I kind of enjoyed four as well. I, they're, they're, yeah. they're, they're watchable, but instantly kind of forgettable.
2: Yes, they're trash. Yeah. They're trash. I, yeah, I think four in a lot of ways is the better film, but five hits that sweet spot of being just bad enough that it's mm. pretty funny. When four yeah. is bad in mm. boring ways, yeah. Mm. I think there's yeah. a, lot... you know, my favorite bit in five is there's a bit when it's Jamie and Michael. Uh, when Michael takes off his mask, and Jamie says to him, "Something like," she she goes like, "Uncle," and then yeah. "Boogeyman," right. and then Michael cries a single tear. I was rolling on the floor laughing yeah. at this. Joe,
0: no. Do you know I don't know what I don't know. What's my favourite bit in five, but it's what I find really unusual is when Tina's pals are going into the bar to shag, and there's just random kittens everywhere. Yeah. That's right. But are well, the kitten that jump? See when you get the bit
1: uh, like she's kind of she hears this kitten of noise or a noise, yeah, and the thing jumps out at her yeah. see the thing that jumps out at her see when it's a kind of reverse angle uh-huh. where you get it coming up into the screen. It's yeah. totally a fake cat, so the rest of that <laughs> scene is her holding this fake cat, and it's so clearly a fake cat right.
2: in fact when we're mentioning that scene, there's another bit that I noticed is when Tina and her pals play a prank on the cops. And one of them's dressed as Michael mm. and they're like oh look we're getting killed by Michael Myers and trying to upset the cops and I was thinking right okay that's a stupid thing to do anytime but yeah. when you're in Haddonfield where there's literally been multiple murders dressing but up the, as a real-life murderer in there, there's, a, a scene
1: in, there's a scene in that's four that's fucked up that's why would you do that there's a scene in four where they do that where yeah. there's guys dressed as Michael Myers and the police almost shoot them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know what? If
2: you go, if, if this was a true story and Michael Myers literally killed a bunch of people in your hometown and you decided it would be funny to dress up as a mm-hmm. real-life serial killer and pretend to murder people, you deserve to be shot. Yeah, that,
0: <laughs> that guy could have, I was just say I was like, man, if this guy eats a bullet, he fucking absolutely had it coming. What is he thinking?
1: <clears throat> to, to be fair, though, that guy has a far better death.
0: Yeah, than yeah. just eating a
1: bullet. Yeah, he does. Um, that that might actually be the best death in that film. All right. Yeah, I I, I would agree. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because it's a combination of the two of them. Because you get he kills a guy with a pitchfork, and it's and it's Wiley's pumping the lassie, mm-hmm. so the lassie's pure terrified, has to run away, and then she gets done with the the big knife. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I had that noted down as my favourite death for that one as well. So. <laughs> yeah. okay. well, That was Halloween 5, The Revenge of Michael Myers. So that will bring us on to Halloween 6, The Curse of Michael Myers. Um, we have... Uh, hey,
1: I, hey kids, do you like Resident Evil movies?
0: <laughs> yeah, so uh, Loomis is still in it, again confirming that he is in fact invincible. Um, mm-hmm. It also has Paul Stephen Rudd Uh, 21, 22 year old Paul Rudd having a wee go at the old films Um, I can't really remember if there's any other stars in this Um, but yeah, Neil do you want to give us a quick synopsis of six?
1: Oh, right, okay so... Good luck (laughs) (laughs) Right, uh, The Six begins, it's 1995, so it's six years after uh, Halloween Mm 5, and we come to learn through the worst voiceover since the original cut of Blade Runner, (laughs) uh, that uh, Jamie Lloyd was kidnapped at the end of Five by the people who rescued Michael Myers in the police station, and was forcibly impregnated and now she is in this underground bunker which looks like a mix between a hospital and the main baddie from season one of buffy the vampire slayer's lair Mm. um and she's been forced to give birth birth to a child which will bring balance to the force Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah these doctors are all are all actually some kind of mad druid like cult <clears throat> uh, the cult of um Thorn, I believe it's called yeah um which is like see i won't I won't lie. I watched this really high, right <laughs> and uh I never quite got the concept of what the the kind of cult's main aim was. Yeah. I, I don't uh, think it's ever oh, actually explained. No,
2: don't. I think, uh, right. okay, I think being high probably been, helped. The yeah. film makes zero sense.
1: Yeah, because the whole thing about the cult is that Michael Myers himself is one of these children, however he's got his embodiment of pure evil and is therefore just their weapon
0: yeah. to
1: wipe out stuff. Mm. However, I kind of had a wee look on Wikipedia about this as well and there was something that said that the reason that Michael is therefore then killing his family is because part of the curse is that if he kills all blood relatives it's a sacrifice yeah. well, much like the Wicker Man mm-hmm. cause it's the whole Sam Haynes thing <clears throat> it's kind of like the Wicker Man where you, you sacrifice to make the world a better place
0: mm-hmm. yeah.
1: so yeah that kind of gets explained to you in, the, in bits throughout this film mm-hmm. so she gets birth Michael suddenly appears when a nurse takes pity on her and tries to help her escape uh, every, a lot of people die, she escapes with the baby, she leaves it in a bus station uh, and then Michael finds her get, and kills Jamie Lloyd so that's sad bloodline done so then it cuts to Haddonfield where we are with the Strode family hmm. which I found really strange that they went down that line and hmm. um, where you get I can't remember the name of the the new final girl. Mm-hmm. Um Road, I think. Karas yeah, mm-hmm. that is correct. And her her family. And Paul Rudd, who is Tommy Doyle, mm-hmm. who you will remember is the boy that um L- Laurie. that Laurie is babysitting mm-hmm. in the first film. Mm-hmm. Uh he lives across the road, he's a mad. Uh Michael Myers conspiracy theory nut. Mm-hmm. Uh he's really weird and creepy because of that. Mm-hmm. Um he finds the the baby. Uh from, somehow comes across Dr. Loomis. Mm-hmm. Dr. Loomis, on the other hand, has been tried to uh be uh, what's we're going for a guy tried to hire him a, a man called Dr. Wynn mm-hmm. who is from the Smith Grove uh, penitentiary hospital thing where they yeah. always keep Michael Myers To you see where this is all going <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so Michael Myers comes out of town to kill this baby essentially
0: yeah. and that's the plot to end <laughs> his bloodline And uh, yeah yeah
1: <clears throat> but things happen, Tommy. Things yeah. happen, Jason. Yeah. Yeah. Things that make no sense.
0: Yeah. And uh, things yeah, that the, make
1: that they have tried <clears throat> far too hard. <laughs> yeah. About.
0: Yeah. The the, the I, problem, I, I, the, problem the problem with this film is well, there's many problems with it, but my main problem mm-hmm. with it is in four and five they kind of hint at something and. That isn't the focus of the film. The focus is still Michael chasing down his target. In this, it is the, it is completely the focus, and Michael being in it is almost like a secondary thing because he's essentially the Illuminati's bane. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So I mean, you we know, don't the the Thorn. Let's call. It, let's say the Illuminati because I don't really fucking know what they're doing, but <clears throat> he's essentially their weapon of destruction, and it, the film is mostly about them. You know what I mean? And about like what they are and what this curse is and what it'll mean. And Well, first, uh, as we mentioned, four and five, the mask was shit. They try and return the mask to something decent and it's all I, right. I quite like the mask in this Yeah, it's, it's a like, It's mask a terrible mask film, but it's a good mask. Yeah, <laughs> and like you said, Cara um, Strode is with her family who her dad doesn't seem to have a lot of time for him, but the guy's a total arsehole. Yeah. Um, it was the first time in a Halloween film I'm like, oh, you die, man, you're a terrible person, man, Give her a break. She's got a single kid. Uh, the kid starts to kind of see, that he thinks he's seen these druids, or the, they're talking to him, so they've got that kind of connection. And then No, I was going to say, so it looks as if, like, they're going to try and recruit him to be their hand of evil in certain scenes... Um but yeah, mainly the focus is Paul Rudd has this baby, he knows it's Jamie Lee uh, Jamie Lee's uh, Jamie Lynn's and um that's it. The Illuminati and their bane are trying to fucking kill it. Um a lot of this film doesn't make sense. I don't like the curse. Well, it, it feels like,
1: like it. a It feels like a film of two halves. Hmm.
0: And yeah, the,
1: the first half is kind of a traditional halloween film Mm -hmm. but with some kind of extra kind of weird elements to it Mm -hmm. but then it takes a turn halfway through well maybe two thirds of the way through and becomes absolutely stupid jason would you care to tell the people how stupid it becomes
2: (laughs) yeah well i've never felt it was more obvious that a film was being rewritten while it was being shot it just the whole thing is all over the place. It feels like there's six or seven different major plots get started and none mm. of them get resolved properly. It, yeah. I don't think the film knows what it wants to be about. You've mm. got one story about Tommy Doyle. You've got one story about the Scrode family, who I think from the looks of it appear to have moved into the old Myers house for some
0: insane reason. Well, uh, it's funny got a plot Sorry, I'll, I'll I'll come back to that. Oh, Keep going, man. There. Yeah, I, I you've got the about
2: plot that. about the the curse of Thorn and trying to explain what that is and the conspiracy. Then you've got like this wee boy they're trying to recruit, and then you've also got what Michael's up to, and then you've got what Loomis is up to, and it's just there's too many threads going on at once, and none of them come to anything. Yeah. There's even this a whole subplot about how they banned Halloween in the town, and there's a protest about that, which has nothing to do with anything either.
0: Yeah,
2: which was something I found kind of funny because. There's all these teenagers protesting to bring back Halloween in the town, and one of them's holding a sign that says "Michael lives," and it's like, surely that's the last thing you want to be saying to the cops <laughs> that are trying
0: to ban Halloween. Yeah, yeah, damn rebels. Um, just yeah. we are talking about um, yeah. So Cara Strode's got her, she's a single mother, got a kid, and then she's got a brother as well. <laughs> uh, a nice enough mum, and the dad mm. is a total arsehole. Um, <clears throat> at the at the start of the film the dad is very much you kids get off my lawn because they yeah. vandalized the sign and they put like a Michael Myers uh, skeleton and mask over the sign later on see the brother he's like <laughs> at one point he claims he had no idea it was Michael Myers' house and I'm like your dad has been cleaning crap off it in the morning and you've definitely seen this
1: <laughs> so <laughs> I was like
0: he's explaining to like, his girlfriend oh, I didn't know that because she says oh, it was the old Myers place also, just what you're saying, Jason, about how this film doesn't know what it means to be it has the absolute audacity one hour and eight minutes into it, during a sequence where they're going from one place down in a car to use the fucking theme from the thing. And I couldn't oh, be- I could I even notice that. Yeah, yeah, I was like happened. I was like, what? I was like, what, was like, oh. what are you even doing? <laughs> but
2: yeah it's uh, I, mean, I, I did read somewhere the whole cast and crew have disowned the film. yeah
0: <laughs> that
2: they, they were so angry with how it turned out because it was not the film they signed up for and it was a completely different script to what they were given and yeah so I'm, I'm there's surprised. no real surprises here.
0: By this point, I'm pretty sure Miramax had acquired the rights and they produced it and the Weinsteins were very well known for going in and chopping up and making their own version of the film. Um, like they did it, like they bullied Del Toro with mimic. Uh, they tried to change Copland's ending, which would have made no fucking sense at all. But that never happened. So I think this, this knowing that, I think this is one of those films where they thought they knew best. But it's it's not great. It's an alright made for. Oh yeah. And the theme's terrible. It's like this rock mix of uh, oh, yeah. the, mm. the tune, and it just you know, it's just like somebody with a guitar randomly doing solos, and I'm like, this is awful. <laughs> but yeah, um,
1: no, sex is a bit of a shit show. It really yeah. is. Yeah, let's see. Even like look, the, the kind of second half of the film where you get the turn you get the reveal of who the man in black is mm-hmm. like the man who the kind of guy that kicked the dog no, the good, and it's the... uh it's donald pleasance's doctor pal dr win mm-hmm. who's introduced at the start mm-hmm. who works at smith grove so that's supposed to kind of explain oh maybe that's how michael learned how to drive because mm-hmm. this cult's been teaching them <laughs> while he's been in the hospital yeah. from six year old they've been indoctrinating them into their evil and it's like oh it's, <laughs> I... it's just so bad I I would love to
2: see, like, an insane cow teaching a cursed child how to drive. Like, you know, just ignore all the murders, just a a wee half-hour episode of let's teach a psychopath how to drive, you know, with no-one finding out.
0: Yeah. Um, Oh, yeah, also, it's got one of the worst sequences I've seen in any of the Halloween films, where the lovely wee mum, uh, Cara Cara Strodes' mum, Mm. um, goes outside to the washing and is kind of crawling about the washing in a panic because she knows Michael's about and she's crawling about and there's all these wee white sheets like bed sheets flying in the distance she's kind of crawling through there and then Michael just kind of nonchalantly nonchalantly just kind of walks over and I can only imagine he's thinking what the fuck are you doing and then just stabs her and I was like what was she doing why is she crawling about the washing outside she could run Um, but anyway yeah. There,
2: there is one entertaining death in this film, though I'll give it that. The yeah, yeah, yeah. because it's it's ridiculous yeah, it and it's, yeah. it's hilarious.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, that, but, that's the high point of the whole film. Yeah. But, yeah, he doesn't
0: gain. Yeah, he gets horribly electrocuted, but unlike Bennett from Commando, doesn't gain superpowers from it and just <laughs> dies. <clears throat> so, for it for a being as kind
1: of bad as it is and stupid. Mm. I feel if you're going to watch 4 and 5, you still kind of need to watch this. So. Yeah, just to get that kind of... T- it kind of ties up the arc. Yeah, it closes uh, it, that
2: loop. It does, but, you know, uh, I would still suggest just don't watch any of the three of them. Just
0: <laughs> um, But, yeah, but that was Halloween 6, and that was the the loop being closed on Myers
1: the, the initial Myers look yeah, yeah. for
0: now so we're going to go back and we're going to talk about when they decided that it wasn't going to be a Myers franchise that they maybe wanted to do different tales with uh, within this Halloween franchise and we're going to go to Halloween 3 Season of the Witch um, Jason do you want to give us a wee synopsis of Season of the Witch
2: yeah again it's not the easiest plot to sum up
1: uh, <laughs> that would be why yeah. Tommy palmed it off I, it I, I noticed is. that <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, I'm trying to remember what the opening scene is well, since I watched these in order It's, a, it's way a, way
1: the, first guy, the first guy that, that dies Oh yeah, yeah. yeah it's, uh,
2: there's, uh, A man is running away and is mysteriously well he's injured at first and taken to hospital and then we get a scene of a hero Tom Atkins swaggering around the hospital like he's Garth Marenghi mm. and he's looking after this guy and someone sneaks in and murders him and this causes Tom Atkins and the victim's daughter to try and investigate and see why this man was killed and they uncover an extremely bizarre conspiracy that uh, should I go into detail or will we... Yeah, yeah. We'll go spoil, for it, yeah, spoil, yeah. spoiled out uh, of mm. everything
1: else.
2: <laughs> well, uh, the original victim was a man who owned a hardware shop that was selling masks, which is something in the Halloween series. It seems to be the only place that sells masks is hardware shops throughout the whole series. But, uh, but yeah, it turns out that they, it was the town that the masks came from was the last place he went to, so they go to check it out and it seems that there's an insane conspiracy from the company that's making the masks, which again involves druids and suspiciously Irish people who are yeah. planning to murder a bunch of kids for
0: unknown reasons.
1: For the lols? Yeah. It is, it is literally for the lols. Yeah,
0: because it amuses um, big OCP from Robocop <clears throat> Yeah. <clears throat> who doesn't age. That man has been the... Si- Batman was born old He's the same age, he looks the same as he does in 1983 than he does in Bobo Cops, was it, 1987, 88? Unreal. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, Neil, what's your thoughts on Halloween 3?
1: I quite enjoy Halloween 3. Okay. It's, uh, I I like that it tried to do something different, and let their original, original idea of making Halloween an anthology mm-hmm. uh, picture, and I'm I would have been really interested to see where that could have went. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halloween three, it, fe- it feels like a TV movie. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. it's but it rattles along at a good pace. The plot is really, I I think like again, it's kind of a film of two halves, and mm-hmm. that the plot begins. Like a nice kind of conspiracy, kind of mystery, but uh, a wee bit of a kind of cult kind of vibe to it, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then it becomes this weird sci-fi witchcraft mentalness, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, about druids and Stonehenge and powers of evil, mm. and it just be- it becomes really silly. Mm. But it beca- it, it's a silliness which kind of appealed to me, okay. yeah. But
2: I, I'm with Neil on that. I, I'd say number three is it, it's kind of a guilty pleasure. It's one, yeah. one of the most. It, it's probably one of the most entertaining of the sequels, and mainly because it really isn't a sequel. It's just a whole new film that's called Halloween. But but yeah, no, I I, I really enjoy three as well. It's it's daft fun.
0: Yeah, I, I'd probably agree with you on that one. Um, it's not particularly well crafted. Um, there's a cut. There's at one point they show. Carpenter's Halloween one on the telly that? yeah I, I, liked that. I liked that did you
1: like the callback? they, yeah. they, they, <laughs> they gave you the nod to it okay. but they made sure it was in a way that showed that this was not in your universe
0: Right. Okay. yeah
1: I kind of took
2: from that shot that they were trying to suggest okay Halloween is just a movie but this is real life
0: yeah.
2: and, then it, and then it goes so much more insane than Halloween so there's no way you could follow that but yeah. it's a nice idea yeah
0: I that probably I agree with both you've hit both. Like you you've hit pretty much the same opinion as myself on all accounts mm. about Halloween three season of which. Um yeah. It's if it wasn't part of the Halloween franchise, it may be I don't know, I don't want to say looked, looked at in a better light, but
1: I think I think nowadays it's looked at in a lot better light mm. than yeah. it certainly was at the time. I think there is a more there is more appreciation for it. Mm. Um because enough time has passed that you can view it as its own thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think everyone was
1: disappointed when it came out
2: that yeah. it was so different from the first mm-hmm. two, that no, no one was willing to give it a chance. I think time has allowed it to be reappraised, and yeah. it, it deserves that, because it's an interesting little film on its own. Yeah.
0: Um So, yeah, that was, I mean... They had thought at that point, right? We want to reboot, uh, we don't want to reboot the franchise, but we want to make the franchise something that isn't just about Myers. Because by that point, mm-hmm. Halloween 2, he's dead, done, that's it, right? Where do we go from here? Unfortunately, it didn't do very well at all. Um, mm-hmm. And they then had to go back to Myers, and then that loop was closed in Halloween 6. Now we're going to go all the way back to 1998. 20 years ago, mental. Uh, Re, reboot number two. Reboot number two is Halloween H2O. Um, Neil, do you want to give us a wee shot of this one?
1: Well, Halloween H2O is uh kind of direct sequel to Halloween 2. Mm-hmm. It follows on from there. It's 20 years later. Laurie Strode now lives in Northern California, uh, having changed her name and her her identity. She's now the headmistress of what looks like a very elitist uh, private school, no doubt for rich children, because they're all snobby, uh, in which her son goes to, who is played by Josh Hartnett whose haircut is the most terrifying thing you will see in any Halloween film. Yeah. Uh,
0: yeah. Agreed. Yeah, it's horrendous. He looks it's as if he started cutting it himself in the dark and then gave up.
1: Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, Michael Michael Myers finds out uh, in the kind of pre-credits opening scene uh, that Laurie is still alive because he has raided the home of Doctor Loomis's nurse, mm-hmm. who you see in the first one and is it the fourth. No, sorry, the fifth one. She's in again.
0: Uh, I thought she was in the second one as well. Was she not? She's yeah, not I, I think she's in it's just in one, two one, one, two, and each yeah, she's The second one. Right, okay. The second one. I, I think thought, she's the nurse that discloses to Loomis about the file and logic That's. I'm
1: sure. I'm sure she. turns up in one of the other three. She probably does. That
2: this reminds me just when you're mentioning her that back in the first film really all of this is her fault
1: because (laughs) at the start when michael
2: gets out and he climbs from the car roof she opens the window and lets him in the car and then he steals the car and drives off if she didn't do that he would never have got to haddonfield and no one would have died
0: whoever taught him to drive is the real criminal here (laughs) well yeah Uh, um, but yeah, so, sorry, yeah, Neil. So
1: mm. Ma- Michael's raided this nurse's home, found out she's alive, kills the nurse, kills her next door neighbours, who one of which is a young Joseph Gordon Levitt, yeah. um, whose only crime in that film is that he stole a beer.
0: <sighs> yes, <sighs> yes. Gets chipped for it. Uh,
1: yeah, so Ma- I... Michael makes right. his way across, across from Chicago, well, across from Illinois to Northern California to go noise up Laurie's Road. All over again. Quite the drive, that been... Well, he goes through two cars.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cause
1: uh... he steals the first car and then there's a bit of the the service, the kind of services
0: mm, yeah. with
1: that woman and her wee girl where he steals yeah. her car as well.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, <clears> so yeah, it's what I found with the Halloween H two O it's when when was it? Was it the nine, late nineties, ninety eight, ninety nine, yeah, ninety eight? It is the most late nineties MTV. They've obviously watched Scream and The Craft.
0: And not yeah, this did last this summer. is
1: a, This <clears throat> is the demographic that we are going for Halloween movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think it it definitely got
2: brought back. Because of the success of Scream, I think yeah. Six had killed mm-hmm. the series, and then after Scream was such a hit, they thought, right, people want another yeah. Halloween film, and
0: yeah, it's like this is what we could we could do a, re- a, a horror retread. Um, yeah. So yeah, um, I I still like H two O yeah i Still like it. i, I have it's a big fine.
2: soft spot for each tour I, I probably like it more than most people
0: i
1: i, th- I think it's the best of the sequels
2: mm-hmm. that i yeah. have watched mm-hmm. i i i would maybe agree with that the it has problems but mm-hmm. the ending is so strong that it kind of yeah. carries the rest of the film up with it yeah
1: i think it, it builds up really well mm-hmm. um yeah it doesn't just kind of launch into here's Michael Killen folk mm. it, it kind of goes back to the originals Uh, here's your small group of the people that's going to be involved, let's build their relationship first Yeah. which for for better or for worse, Hartnett's alright Michelle yeah. Williams is alright even mm-hmm. though this is like post Austin's Creek Michelle Williams where she's not actually, that really that good But she plays a role fine in this. Mm -hmm. The two other pals whose name, I can't remember who plays them, are solid enough for the roles that they're playing.
0: They're likeable as well. They're likeable characters. Yeah. Um, Yeah. uh, Even, like, I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis is good in it. You know, she's still got that trauma of Michael, and she's still trying to balance her life and her relationship with her son. You've got that and then you've got Alan Arkin's brother who, again, is a likeable guy and good for uh, Laurie. Um, and, like, again, her name is... Uh, What's her name in it? It's like it begins with a K. Because, hmm. again, she's changed her identity but she discloses to him, I'm actually the Myers girl. Mm-hmm. She never died. Yeah. Um, Hartnett, at one point, tells... I mean, I'm guessing him and Michelle Williams have been together quite a while. You get that feeling that they're not just a recent. Yeah, they're, boy- they're boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, and he kind of just all of a sudden's like, oh yeah, and by the way, yeah, we don't really celebrate Halloween. Oh, why? Oh, it's just uh, we had to get new identities because Mango killed a bunch of people. He <laughs> was just like, <laughs> oh, really? Oh, okay. He <laughs> was yeah. like, wow, how nonchalant, man. Uh, speaking of Myers, what the fuck's going on with the mask in this one? What is with the hair? What yeah. was the eye hole? The, the eye holes are, holes are far too big. Yeah, they're far. Too I big. actually heard
2: a story about the mask in this film, and this is this is shocking actually. is when they first started making it, they would have had to pay extra for the rights to the original mask. So when they first shot it, they used a different mask that didn't look anything like it, and then they showed it to test audiences. And they were just laughing at the mask so much Mm. that they decided they had to reshoot all of Michael's scenes again with a new mask. And in some of them, they couldn't do it, so they tried to badly CGI a mask over the old Ah. one. (laughs) And it's it's, it's really bad. I I think in some scenes, he looks a bit like Martin Short.
0: Martin Short? Yeah. Uh, just the 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 mask isn't great, but yeah, and I don't I don't know why. I mean, LL Cool J's in this film. He's just such a he's just there. He's really doing. LL Cool J's there so we can hear excerpts from his erotic
2: novel. Yeah, that is why he's in the film. Um, and he's a, comic,
1: he's a comic. He's a comic relief in yeah. the same way that he wasn't quite a lot of stuff around there, like Deep Blue Sea and stuff. So.
0: Mm. Yeah, that was that was his time. Um, but yeah, I like. I agree with. That. I, I think it's got a nice dramatic build-up. Um, there's a lot more stalking going on. He doesn't just willingly yeah. yeah. kill. I mean, he could have killed LL Cool J but he doesn't. He's more he's, he's got a purpose and he goes with it. There's a lot of uh, mm. nice bits where Jamie Lee Curtis keeps thinking she's seen him but it's not really him it's her imagination and then at one point mm. it's like, oh well, is it? Uh, I quite like the, the nice wee wink the, the fact that uh, Jamie Lee's secretary is played by Janet Lee who is her real-life mother and yeah. uh, at one point Janet Lee says listen, just to get maternal for a second, I think you really need to you should calm down and be happy <laughs> and all that, yeah. and I was like, ah, that's a nice wee not
2: nice that nod. whole scene is, uh, is full of Psycho references, yeah. because she says to she looks to Jane Lee Curtis says, oh we've both had things happen to us and then she gets in the car from Psycho, while the Psycho music plays in the background, yeah. and it's
0: like yeah, that's yeah. slightly unsubtle but it's yeah. <laughs> But it, um, it's, so fun. it's fun. I mean, overall, like H two O is very much a love letter of the franchise. I think there's a mm-hmm. lot of nice wee callbacks, like Jamie Lee Curtis, says, like now do as I say, go down, go down the rock, go down the block and get them. Do as, you know. There's a lot of nice wee yeah. things where I'm like, mm-hmm. this is cool, and it has such a really strong ending where you're like, this would have been fine if it was the last of the franchise because it's a very yeah. satisfying way. Because it's like the one thing they've not done and that is they chop his head off and we see it there's no ambiguity he was in a room and it exploded and he might have been there and etc etc you know it's like we see it and even it feels like such a you know a full stop to the series yeah i would have been happy with that but i mean so what do you like jason i mean overall you've got a soft spot but i mean how did as as a sequel would you say it's the strongest one uh Well, apart from talking
2: about the newest, no, 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 we're going to we're going to talk uh, about
0: up until this point of the Halloween franchise.
2: Up until this point, it it maybe is the best sequel. It's definitely got the best ending since Mm. the first one. The 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 very end is very satisfying, and it it's got the best central character arc of all of them Mm -hmm. since the first. You know, Mm -hmm. the the first film you care about Laurie. And even in Halloween Two, where you've got Laurie, they are she's comatose for half the film, and she's in and out of it. You mm. don't really get any more character from mm. her. That, and none of the other protagonists mm. really matter. You yeah. don't care about any of them. This is the first film where you really genuinely care about characters and think, I, you know, you care about Laurie. You want her to survive, and mm. it's Anderson. And,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: Anderson, and yeah, and a lot of that comes from Jamie Lee Curtis as well. It's like, you you care about her, so you care about her family. You don't want to see people get hurt. And it's the first film for a while where you actually aren't cheering on Michael. You're cheering on people to beat him.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I... I, another thing I really enjoyed is when we were talking When I mentioned about how Jamie Lee thinks she, uh, Laurie thinks she's seen him, but she doesn't see him. See when she comes face to face with him for the first time, it's such a good shot. It's like Josh Hartnett yeah. and Michelle Williams are running away. They're opening the gate, they get in the gate, and then the door slams shut. And there's a window, and you can just see Laurie looking at Michael for the first time in 20 years. And I actually got like cheers yeah. when I seen. It. I was like, that was really cool. Um, but yeah, uh, Neil, you get anything to add about H two O? no i I agree that it's uh
1: the best of the sequels up until now Mm. uh, for pretty much the same reasons Mm -hmm. um i think all the characters are sold and written well enough Mm -hmm. to give Mm -hmm. you enough reason to care about them um the characters aren't annoying but a problem problem for a lot of horror films is when you've got these kind of group group ensembles or whether they're Teens or college students or yeah. anything like that yeah. that the, they can be predominantly annoying people mm-hmm. that you want to see killed which i suppose mm-hmm. is a benefit to the genre but i always prefer it when it's like people that you can kind of go oh, all right okay i'd maybe hang about with you no problem yeah
0: that's true i mean as i said up and really up until this point i didn't really want Michael to kill him. I mean, the dad in six, yeah, because he's an arsehole. Yeah. But as a collector, the, the protagonist says, well, I don't really want you to be killed. I'm not rooting for Michael. However. Uh, yeah, you might not be rooting for him, but you don't really
2: care if he does kill them. Yeah. yeah. How-
0: however, Halloween Resurrection. I want uh, everybody's head fr- in that. Franchise show. Killer number three. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> after Halloween H2O, we have Halloween Resurrection. We're welcome to the internet kids, welcome to reality TV kids, this is our gimmick featuring Michael Myers and I wanted everybody dead in this film. I don't think yeah. there's one likeable character in this. I'll, I'll disagree, there's one likeable character, there's yeah. a Laurie at the very start.
2: Yeah.
1: So, I, I don't even think she's particularly good at the very start. No. Oh well, yeah, no, She she got a bad. Is kind of yeah. It's a bit phoned in, to be honest.
0: Yeah, and I yeah, think, yeah. And she she deserved better, because uh, again, Absolutely. okay, I'll okay. go right. So Halloween Resurrection starts off with you get a nice wee recap for two nurses are chatting to each other. Um, about what happened in H2O and like, the, the rest of the history kinda. and then it cuts the fact we're in a mental we're, we're in the mental institution where Laurie Strode is now there because when you we thought that it was Michael uh, that she killed in H2O it is revealed in the stupidest fucking excuse ever that Michael actually switched um, clothes with an ambulance driver and it's actually an innocent ambulance driver that Laurie kills in H2O which is so daft it's Unreal. Yeah. Um, so Laurie is in this institution um, and she's faking the fact that she's kind of catatonic and doesn't really speak to MD. She's hiding her meds. And then lo and behold, Michael, Michael comes back to get her. And... There's a nice wee chase sequence. Uh, oh, and in between, then one of the inmates that's in there is a serial killer fanatic and likes to dress up as like John Wayne Gacy and Ted Bundy, etc. So Michael, cha- Michael and Laurie have a chase and a tussle, and then you think Laurie's had Michael, and then Michael pulls the old oh, try to hold his mask as if he's trying to take off as if it's not him because that's why I'm doing H two O briefly before the head chopping. And then she goes to check the mask. Michael grabs her and throws her to her death. Uh, stabs her, then throws her to her death. To which See,
1: then... this is this is where I think this depiction of Laurie is stupid mm-hmm. because with everything she has gone through, mm-hmm. she still would have killed him. I agree. And then yeah. Worried about it later I agree. because she's already she's already in like the mental jail
0: yeah. for yeah. killing a guy. Yep. So what she got to lose? I agree. So shortly after um, Michael has killed her, we see one of the most uncharacteristic things this Michael Myers would ever do, and that is, he goes back in and he sees the inmate who is obsessed with Ted Bundy, John Wayne Gacy, and Michael hands him the knife and walks away, to which then the guy uh, starts reciting facts, although Michael Myers killed this uh, folk in Haddonfield at this time, and then that's when the film starts. Argu-
1: arguably, framing that gentleman for Laurie Strode's murder.
0: I thought it was one yeah. of the most un. Car- why wouldn't Michael? <laughs> Michael didn't give a fuck. Um, I just thought it was a- 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 about seven minutes into this film, and I was already done with it. Also, sorry. Yeah. Um, by my incred- oh, sorry. Directed oh. by Rosenthal, who again uses his door gimmick <laughs> at the start of this, where Michael basically explodes through a door, and it's huh? uh, really fucking shit on top of shit that's already he, going on. My,
1: Myers uses his body as a blunt instrument quite a lot in this film. He does. Well, there's yeah. bits where he's just putting his head through walls, yeah. through windows, mm-hmm. just for the sake of it.
0: it's. Yeah, it's daft. Um, so the film starts off and then, as I said, reality TV and the the basic concept of this film is that Buster Rhymes and Tyra Banks um, are in it. They're not playing themselves, they're playing characters. So they've got a production company called Dangertainment, and their idea is that they're going to film uh, a, a web reality series in Myers' house, have cameras everywhere capturing uh, a group of people basically going around the house and being scared. Uh, And they've rigged some um, props and traps for them. Again, just to get a reaction out of them. And uh, lo and behold, Michael comes back to the house and starts slaughtering them. And that is the film, pretty much. That is the concept of this film. And it is very much... We talked about this briefly, how every film is like a snapshot of the time it was made, and this was during the reality TV series. Oh yeah, this
1: this is the post-millennium
0: nightmare that you expect it to be. Yeah, and oh, the internet is a thing, and everyone's interactive, and it's that way as well. At one point, a character says we're going to be bigger than the Osbournes, and I'm like, there we go. That that, that really sets the fucking precedent precedent of where we're at here. Um... I don't really like any of the characters. I thought Katie Sackhoff was kind of annoying. The guy who's a chef. He's awful, isn't it? The guy who's a chef, it's just like, yeah, we get it, he's a chef, but they like to remind you of that. Even as we fight with Michael, he throws garnishes yeah. and shit at him. But, yeah. I, I like
2: how that says only character, just on his character description, it just says chef. Yeah, you're <laughs> the chef. That's, <laughs> that's, that's,
1: that's everybody in this film, yeah. though. Mm-hmm. Is there so one note, like, Katie Sackhoff is the fame hungry one? Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy from American Pie is the sleazy one. Mm-hmm. The other guy is the bad one. The mm-hmm. guy from Say the Last Dance is a chef. Mm-hmm. Uh, I bet you didn't know that's where he was from. I'm not uh, surprised that you
0: do. Uh, <laughs> but
1: B- Buster Rhymes is a. Uh, the hip black guy who loves Kung Fu because yeah. it's early 2000 and Wu-Tang's a big thing.
0: Oh man, he's so horrible <sighs> oh at this. He's such a bad actor. Yeah, yeah. And he gets way Ty- too much Tyra- screen time. Tyra,
1: Bank- Tyra Banks is a really shallow producer.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's, even even Myers is one note in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, there is pretty much nothing I like about this film. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, 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 it's a catastrophe.
0: Just... <laughs> catastrophe. Catastrophe. Um,
2: I I tried my best with every film to get pros and cons and then I just got to Resurrection and 15 minutes in, when Laurie died, my interest in watching the rest of the film went with her and everything after that was just hellish. (laughs) It's
1: (laughs) it's, just utter garbage the whole way through
2: I I never realised part six would
0: suddenly start looking good. (laughs) <laughs> it really is, man. And again, whoever allowed this in the script should be shot, but there is never ever a time that Buster Rhymes should be allowed to fly kick Michael Myers through a fucking window.
1: The the thing about the thing about Resurrection though watching it for me was that it felt like this was maybe a film that had been in development for a couple of years. Yeah. And it just been repurposed to make it a Halloween movie mm. because on its own merit it wouldn't have sold. Because mm. it's, yeah, ca- it's kind makes of because this is kind of a precursor to your like your uh, your Blair witches and your mm. well no Blair witch probably would have been out by now yeah I think but like just... your paranor like your paranormal activity kind mm. of films mm-hmm. uh, where it's still narrative focused mm. but there's a lot of kind of found footage mm-hmm. it's. I get the feeling that this should have never been was never supposed to be a Halloween film.
0: No, that
1: yeah, became a Halloween film.
0: Yeah, it's like why not throw this character into this film where he has absolutely no place, but he's yeah. a, a moneymaker. You know, yeah. What I mean?
1: yeah, yeah.
0: It could have been. It didn't have to be
2: Michael Myers. It could have been any no. yeah. killer in that film. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they've just tacked on the start with Laurie to yeah. try and build some sort of connection.
0: Yeah, yeah. Close that, like oh, we finally got her. What's next? And that's the thing as well. There is no next for um, Myers in this one. It's like, you know, yeah, it's like, you no, know, just is, is this this is how you're going to kill him. for good? Well, that, <laughs> oh, no. that's right, okay.
2: That I don't understand. This, this,
0: this. is so, sorry, Neil. Do want to go
1: fast? I was just quite like just when you say there is no end for Michael Myers, he's alive at the end of that
0: film. Yeah, it's just it's usually with every film that they've had there, apart from H two O, they've got a stepping sort of where they could go after it yeah. then and, this, yeah. this is actually well.
1: the first one other than maybe the first one where he falls out of the window then the body's gone mm-hmm. this is the first one where at the end there's a dead bo- body there and you see it reanimate mm-hmm. yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah but... well, well I'd say this one and the sixth one are the only ones that well, no this one and the the fifth one are the only ones that openly end saying, we're going to do
0: a sequel. and yeah. Mm-hmm. Aye. yeah. Except in this case, they didn't. <laughs> so, yeah. For um, obvious reasons. Yeah, I, I've got nothing else to say about this film. It was a fucking chore to watch it. I was seven yeah. minutes yeah. in and I'd already checked out, and it was a slog to watch the rest of yeah. it. Because yeah. there's, there's nothing about it that's likeable. It is a travesty. The, the, the one thing that really kills it for me is...
2: At least, uh, in the first film, Michael's just a force of... He's less a character than he is just a force of nature, and that's Mm -hmm. fine, that works for him in the first film. But every film since has tried to build up his character and give him a reason for doing things, like introducing the family connection, and Mm -hmm. then the curse, and all these different reasons why Michael is driven by something. There's always someone he's driven to. In this film, once Laurie's gone, he has no purpose. And yet you're just watching him just hanging about, killing people another yeah, yeah. well, seventy
1: five minutes well, for no the, reason. Well, and... his only pur- his purpose for killing these people is just that they're in his
0: house. Yeah, go
1: Because because it because it does kind of show you that he's been living in like sewer tunnels underneath yeah. the house, mm. and that's where he was for like the twenty years between two and H twenty. Mm.
2: Yeah. So this is then... him. He's
1: gone back up the road because he's done his job. He's finished <laughs> it. If the main plot <laughs> is
2: that Michael just wants to go back to his house and these assholes are doing a reality program in it, then yeah, you're going to side entirely with Michael.
1: You yeah. just you you'd be like, "Aye, get these fuckers out of my house." Totally. <laughs> you, do? Totally. you want yeah. every single one of these characters dead?
0: Yeah, it's always yeah. yeah it's uh, nah, I've got nothing more to say about that shite show. Easily, nah, easily scarred. the worst. Yeah, yeah.
1: easily. Aye. Right. Well. So, Uh, Tommy, everything we've just talked about, it doesn't matter anyway. No, it doesn't matter.
0: It is no longer canon. Yeah, exactly. Um, The only one that matters is Halloween, the original, um, and that is because this year we were treated to a very unusual reboot, especially when I found out it was Danny McBride that was co-writing the script. And that it's is,
1: also not a reboot, it's a direct it's not,
0: Yeah, it's a sequel. So, again, it's like, but again, if it does well and House makes a lot of money, as much as I'd be like, they'll have the integrity just to end it, guys, but they might not. Um, I, I doubt they will. Yeah. I, I think they'll go for the money and make
2: more.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. well. Um,
1: All right, so shall we get into some kind of a spoiler laden discussion
0: yes uh, so are, are we spoiling our... yeah we are yeah so we yeah so we're going to talk now about halloween 2018 um, which we've all seen and it was out on friday uh, there will be spoilers so if you haven't seen it and don't wish to have it spoiled then it has been lovely lovely doing this program and i hope you've enjoyed it um, before
1: before you switch off though and we go into the spoiler-laden discussion, mm. for people who are going to switch off because they don't want spoilers, I will say that this film is very good. Yes. It's,
2: yeah, I think we
0: should give a rough review the, without spoiling anything of what they yeah. thought. Yeah. It's, yeah, it is it, a very worthy sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If not, what, so it's not even a worthy sequel, it's the best It's sequel. the best sequel. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I, I was going to ask, do you both agree that this is maybe the best of all the
0: sequels? Absolutely. Oh, it
1: is. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Even though technically there was no other sequels because they're not canon anymore, but yes. Yeah, uh, they don't, they but, don't exist anymore. But, yeah. much, yes. like
1: the, much like the Star Wars Expanded Universe. <laughs> nothing
0: <laughs> matters. Yeah. Apart yeah.
2: So... Although with Halloween, canon's kind of awkward because there's, what, five separate timelines now? Mm. You've got one, two, and H2O. You've got one, two, four, five, and six. You've mm-hmm. got three on its own. You've got the Rob Zombie ones that we're not even touching on. That's mm-hmm. You've already had four mm-hmm. completely contradictory timelines even before this one came along. Yeah. So mm-hmm. canon is out
0: the window. Yeah. But we, we, yeah. But so listeners, if you're a fan of uh, Halloween, uh, you're in for a treat uh, for mm. this one. So check it out. Um, and then, if you want, you can listen to the rest of the rest of this discussion, um, and you know, hopefully, hopefully, you will listen to the rest of the discussion and hear our thoughts on this one. So, we are now in spoiler territory, and we're going to talk about Halloween twenty eighteen. Uh, Jason, do a wee synopsis for us.
2: Uh, yeah, this this one thankfully is a simpler synopsis. Uh, picks up after the first film, obviously, as we said, it's ignoring all the others. Mm -hmm. The suggestion is that Michael was caught and incarcerated Mm -hmm. after Halloween 1 Mm -hmm. and has spent the last 40 years locked up Mm -hmm. in a mental institution where uh, he's been studied or whatever with Mm -hmm. pretty much no effect. And then uh, inevitably, he escapes and yeah, straight to the point. We've just got Michael's back out and Laurie is waiting for him because she knew this day would come and she has been preparing
0: mm-hmm. yep that's it and um, she is very much still traumatized from that night Um she has had a um, couple of marriages that have worked out um, she mm-hmm. has a daughter and a granddaughter um and she's pretty much made a wee fort in the middle of the woods uh, where she has spent her days uh, mastering all kinds of uh, guns uh, and firearms and practicing with them and has built various security um has taken various security measures to her house because she knew that one day this would come and that is pretty much the i that's the gist of it an yeah.
1: easier way to we an easier way to think of it is michael myers as the terminator from terminator 1 but Laurie Strode is the Sarah Connor of Terminator Two, mm-hmm. and it's a mash. Yeah, that's a very good way to put that.
0: Yeah. Um, so, again, like as we said, this is a very good movie. Right from yeah. the get go, like when the two podcasters that go and visit Michael, and they hold up the mask and they want him to say something try and ga- try to gauge a reaction from him, and even when the mask comes out. Everyone around, like all the other kind of inmates that are in the yard, and like even the dogs and things like that, engages mm-hmm. a reaction, and then it cuts right into the Halloween secret, sequ- uh, Halloween credit sequence where it is a pumpkin that has been mashed and then kind of just starts to become whole again. And again, I think it's a it's a really cool kind of metaphor for what they're trying to do mm-hmm. with this film. Ah. Um, also, the, the
1: the kind of remix of the the halloween theme Mm -hmm. is also amazing it's pretty much the same Mm -hmm. except it's a wee bit faster and it bangs that just a wee bit extra it's got a bit more force yeah
2: the score in general is excellent because there's there's extra melodies that Carter wrote just for this film and they all work
0: brilliantly yeah Mm -hmm. i mean that was the thing when this film was coming about they wanted carpenter's blessing and he not only gave them their blessing and was a creative consultant and producer he did the music, musical score for them, so you're in for a treat. Uh, because again, like we talked about with the first one, the music plays such a part in telling the story mm-hmm. and building mm-hmm. that, and you absolutely get this in this film again, which is really refreshing.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so after the podcasters go and visit Michael, mm-hmm. you they visit Laurie Shroed, who's living out in the forests. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got herself an almost fortress-like cabin mm-hmm. where, uh, and she's cut herself off from kind of the outside world mm-hmm. living as a survivalist mm-hmm. uh, she gets interviewed by these idiots uh, and she tells them to get to fuck mm-hmm. and you kind of find out that she has become this Sarah Connor type figure, but mm-hmm. she's yeah. all good with guns and she's all a survivalist mm-hmm. uh, and that she's been kind of building up to this day when Michael's going to get moved from Smith Grove to this crappier prison, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, and you've also got he's got a doctor who's again <laughs> Jamie Lee Curtis at one point says, "Oh, you're the new Loomis," and that is pretty I, much. I, right. I don't know
1: if you know, I, I laughed quite a bit at that line. Mm-hmm. It's just true, cause, just because it's kind of, yeah. of stupidness of, "Oh, you are the new Loomis," and he totally was.
2: Yeah, <clears throat> um, although I kind of like that you at that point you're thinking this guy is just a new woman and then she says it and then from then on yeah. he isn't anymore that he becomes something else yeah, since we're in the uh, yeah.
1: that that was um one of my points where i was like oh, yeah i wasn't story. sure
2: about how that went but at least mm-hmm. it was different and it was brief
0: mm-hmm. so yeah i mean basically what Neil and Jason are talking about. I mean, he's again the mouthpiece. He he kind of gives us a lot of them, the podcasters at the start and Laurie. They kind of give you the sense of how evil he is and what he hasn't done. The fact that he was, uh, like Doctor Loomis, was his mentor and he studies Michael and he wants to gauge a reaction. He wants to really feel what you know what Michael feels and gets into the head of him. And at one point during the film, um, he actually when Michael is just about dead and this uh, Will Patton who plays the sheriff who also is a character from the first Halloween movie yeah. where yeah. they mentioned that he was the arresting officer and he stopped Loomis from killing uh, Michael is about to kill Michael and right this awful wrong uh, the doctor turns around and shanks him and kills him and does a complete heel turn where He's like, oh, is that what it feels like to be evil? That's what you felt like. Michael at me. And he basically is like, we can't kill him. He needs to be studied. We need to gauge this reaction. So we need to reunite him and Laurie because that is where we'll get this reaction. And, yeah, it feels a bit weird when it happens, but the film kind of... For me, it did well because it shows the obsession of this guy, even though I didn't yeah. see him fucking full-out murdering somebody. And it doesn't go to... Cartoony with it because they totally could have with that heel turn, but yeah, because he, I mean, he doesn't last that long after it, and he probably gets the best yeah. death
1: Yeah, that it's not a thread that becomes the big plot point going forward. Which yeah. I, as it happened, I kind of feared that yeah. is where it was going to yeah. go.
0: Yeah, because when that happens, it, the, the really the purpose of that happening is so he can take them. He can take Michael closer to his yeah. house. It,
1: yeah. yeah, he's he's the MacGuffin to get some. Where Michael probably would never have found.
0: Yeah, yeah. Exactly, because
2: it, it also kind of ties into the other sort of themes of the film, where pretty much every single authority figure in the film is useless and in the yeah. way. Mm. Yeah,
0: yeah, Um But yeah, all round it was just satisfying. It was satisfying mm. to mm-hmm. see filmmakers and writers who are clearly fans. Yeah, do do and know what they're doing. And yeah. approached it in absolutely the right way that you hadn't seen before uh, with this franchise, and it was it, it, it just made sense. You know, it's just at no point yeah. was I kind of like, well, why would Myers do that, or why would that happen, and uh, Laurie wouldn't be mm-hmm. like that. There's always everything everything that happens is, is explained really well. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. in terms of the Th- ju- sorry, Neil.
1: And I think also it helped. I found it helped that much like the first film, it kept this idea that Myers was still just a man. Mm. Yeah, mm.
2: I, I like that they had physically, he was just a human being, they didn't <clears throat> have anything supernatural. But on the same side, they didn't try and humanize him, they didn't try yeah. and make him a character or give him any motivation. Yeah, I, I was saying the other day to someone that I think in the original Halloween. The way they approach Michael is not as a character. They treat him like the shark in Jaws. He's just yeah. a he's just a, a creature that the characters have to deal with. Yeah, and I like that they did that in this. He's just he's not a person. He's a thing that they yeah. have to. I mean, that's fight. the
0: thing. He's referred to as, and even in the credits, he's referred to as the shape. And yeah, it's like, yeah. He is just this. Entity that has to be stopped at all costs. And when he makes his way back to Haddonfield, you get a couple of bits restock folks and then there's just he just if he sees somebody he wants to kill, he just goes and does it. <laughs> it's like yeah. usually with other Halloween films, the the kills are associated with like the main character or their family or their loved ones. When he goes, when he goes to Hanfield, he just starts like chimpy folk. If he's like, "Oh, I've seen you. I'll yeah. chib you," and yeah. you've got a knife I, there. Well, I'm going to hammer you and take your knife and whatnot.
2: Yeah, I, I like how efficient the kills are in this film, and a lot of the sequels are trying to, you know, up how ridiculous the kills mm. could be and have the most over the top silly death. When in this, every time Michael kills someone, he kills him in like the most quick. And quiet way he just yeah. you know there's no there's no theatrics about it he's just yeah, like he's I want you dead he
1: does yeah. you'll yeah. be
2: dead in a second there's no messing around it's... yeah
0: there's a couple of things that like happen off camera that I'd like to have seen like there's a couple of deaths where you see a guy that's stuck in the wall and all that and I was like I kind of like to have seen that um, mm. but there's a couple of things that like one death in particular that you don't see in a lot of American horror films and I wish they would because it is not only shocking, but it kind of... It doesn't limit what your psychopath or your killer or whatever will do. And mm-hmm. that is when they discover the bus that has been has been on the road and there's been the crash and Michael escapes. He kills a child. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, they pushed, to, they to they be, pushed the button on that To one. be
1: fair, though, in horror film law, that child shot a man... So he's instantly
0: deserving of his death. True, but it's just... Oh, no although you, you see should have shot that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that guy turned out to be bad. But yeah, it was just, again, he gets in the car, and I was like, nah, he's he's, he's going to get his get-out moment. But no, Michael just full-on bashes his head and then, then strangles him. Which was uh, very cool. But there's a couple of deaths where I'm like, the, the victim ends up in a really interesting way. And I'm like... I'd like to have seen how he stuck that guy up the wall, but never mind. You know, I mean, as again, that has been yeah. nitpicking because again.
1: Well, I suppose way, like yeah. see see if we'd saw that, uh, the guy being stuck to the wall, mm. would be moving, now he'd be sitting here going, "Well, it was a nice wee throwback to the first one, but we would maybe like to see something a bit different." That's true. Yeah, um, he
0: was he was facing the other way as well, but there was. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know what I, you mean. It's, in, in it's way, referential. It. But, without mm. seeing it. It puts it on your imagination mm. Mm. Again, I'm nitpicking because I, I, there's not really a lot about this. I, there's not really anything yeah, that's like, one I didn't my, like. my, my,
1: Yeah, my only stuff for this which, and it's not that I didn't like it, is there was some stuff uh, script-wise where it felt like, oh, this is Danny McBride and his pals just sitting kind of chatting to each other. like yeah. Because it had that kind of mm. well... It's directed by Dave Gordon Green, so I had that kind of pineapple express kind mm. of banter type stuff. Yeah, I'll give you, are right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I quite like some of that though, because uh, no, so some it, of, some it of lightened it the film when it
0: needed to, because yeah, it's, uh, it's it a very so, dark. Yeah, I mean, like, I would agree with that. I mean, the wee kid in it uh, that's been babysat, he was great. Anytime yeah, yeah, he was I'm in it, yeah. he, he was nice comic relief. But I know what Neil's saying, because there's a bit where, like, there's two cops discussing a sandwich. For a long yeah. time, you're like yeah. this that conversation needs to be stripped. That you know that the, the fat here needs to be trimmed because we're mm-hmm. spending waves I mean, I know like the the inevitability of what the scene is, but it didn't need to be that long. Sometimes less is more. And like you mm-hmm. said, you could tell Danny McBride was the he he wrote that bit. You know, what I mean, it's very Danny yeah. McBride esque. But again, mm-hmm. there was a lot. Of, there was a lot of bit like I said that wee kid that's been um, uh, babysat. Babysat. He was great. Uh, yeah. um, I uh, thought he was a nice light touch to, like the kind of drama and tension that we started to feel. Um, I thought the 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 last like twenty minutes when Michael gets to Laurie's like you know fortress, the mm. uh, the whole thing with them was great. I I like the fact that like there's a wee throat, there's a ni- a nice callback, but they flip it where. Um, Laurie's thrown out the window and then Michael looks and the body's like gone I was like that's really yeah. cool and the, the, the whole the, the death of him was good as well it was well worked, mm-hmm. very well yeah.
2: worked I, I like how in a few times they cry and show Laurie in the same way that Michael is showing in the first one. There's that mm-hmm. bit with the balcony, but even earlier on, when her granddaughter is in the school and she looks out the window, yeah, and she that sees Laurie sure. standing in the the same spot out the window. It's it's a nice little throwback as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was. There was a there was a nice there was a couple of nice callbacks. Uh, yeah, they, they did
1: they did well. I feel to to kind of show again going back to kind of the Terminator mm-hmm. that that kind of idea of through experience how it's changed, Laurie, and now one is just as dangerous as the other. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was. I mean, that's the thing, man. Do you have anything else to add? I don't really know what else to say about this other than it was extremely well made, well done, and uh, it's thumbs up all round. Like you said, script issues, yeah, um, but characters Yeah, but
1: those script script issues are really minor things.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's no... I mean, even though there's bits in this where really, like, okay, they needed to trim this like again, for example, like when the the guy who is walking um Karen's daughter home uh yeah. and yeah. he and he kinda he, he makes a move in her and then she's like, No, fuck you, I'm away, that's that's not right and then he's kinda talking a lot and a lot and then Michael kills him eventually. That, again, that could have been stripped back some of those conversations, but that's mm-hmm. just kind of what we were talking about earlier about the cops and all that. But other than that, little kind of we stripped back things. Um, overall, um, not surprised, just very happy. That the the because the, the, when this was getting announced, I was like, do we really need this? And not to say that yeah. we didn't really need it, but. It 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 was it was done well. It was done. If you're going to reboot something like or do something a sequel to this, then you've got the right people who understand the material, delivering, you know. After after
1: watching all the Halloween films this week, I would retract that and say, yeah, this was probably needed. Yeah,
2: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I I agree. But we wouldn't have thought that after watching the others. After watching the others, we would have been thinking oh, God, we have to watch another Halloween film. And Mm. then somehow, despite that feeling, it was great.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true.
2: I Um, think it's it's a mm. film that's been made with a lot of love. Not just the first film, but the series as a whole. Mm. As much as it's ignored all the other films, there's little subtle nods to the other sequels Mm -hmm. at little points throughout it, which were nice. And Mm -hmm. It's nice to see a sequel that's not just made by people with talent, but who love what they're doing
0: mm-hmm. and yeah also the mask is awesome the mask is
1: the mask is,
0: yeah, the mask is great yeah mm-hmm. yeah and... I'd also say mm-hmm. it's good to see
2: Judy Greer getting a a good role for once yeah I mean you were
0: saying that like um, usually uh, whenever I see Judy Greer I half, her, half expect her to lift her top up and shout spring break because of a arrest development but yeah a nice wee dramatic role for her and I mean again it's not Quite comedy, but she was again good mm-hmm. in Ant Man and the Wasp. So after yeah. this, this might open up some dramatic doors for her because again, she was very good at it. Everyone was good at yeah. it. Oh, um, so James Guts is amazing, it, yeah. obviously mm-hmm. that's uh, that goes without
2: saying. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely, I
1: think, yeah. Well, it does well to show that to build a dynamic mm-hmm. of, I suppose they are they are your three leads, the three generations.
2: Mm-hmm. Of yeah. The,
1: uh, um, and it does well to build the dynamic between them as being so far at odds Mm -hmm. to by the end they're almost a strong cohesive unit
0: Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I I think that might do it for the night gentlemen Um, covered a lot of ground a lot of ground Um, so Jason where where can people find uh, your reviews what's the name of the reviews plug your stuff Uh,
2: Yes, uh, I run a film review blog website called Mogulomania, which I don't know. Do I need to spell that? You don't need it's, to. Don't. Uh, no, I think people can work out. Yeah, it's a uh, www. if I, actually, I'm just gonna. Yeah, it's www.mogulomania.blogspot.com. Mm. It's at. Or you can find us on Facebook. There's a Facebook page called Mogulamania Film Odyssey. Or you can get me on Twitter where I post links as well, um, at DazMogul on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want to promote the
0: Raptors yourselves? Yeah, sir? of course. I mean, um, as I said, uh, we, we do have an ep, um recorded. We've just, we're just yet to edit it, um, but we thought we'd do this supplementary one because why not? It's Halloween and Mm-hmm. Uh, we did one beforehand <clears throat> and it, it was quite well received uh, but yeah you can find uh, me uh, at Vast Destruction on Twitter uh, Neil is at Scorch AO8 uh, you can find us at Raptors Podcast uh, like, subscribe, so share uh, Like, subscribe, yep. share. Uh, we are on SoundCloud iTunes uh, we're on Facebook um, uh, yeah that is where you can find uh, Raptors in the Kitchen uh, as I said this episode will be going up uh, hopefully before Halloween and we've got another ep to go up as well from last week's reviews because we fucked up the other one <clears throat> before we head off I've got a uh, on the theme of
2: tonight's show I've got a question for the mm. two of you mm. okay. barring Halloween well it's a two part question Right. part one is barring Halloween what is your favourite John Carpenter film and mm-hmm. part two is why did you pick the thing? What's so good about it? <laughs> because obviously you're going to pick the thing. It, yeah. It's
0: clearly. I should it. say it is apart from the thing and Halloween. What is your favourite John Carpenter film? Because you're getting into territory then where it opens up a wee bit more of a range.
1: Well, it's big trouble in Little China, Tommy. It anyway. is big
0: trouble in Little China. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It okay. Absolutely is different question then. What is? What do you think is the most
2: underrated Carpenter film?
0: The fog. Um, I oh, don't know, man. Probably They Live. I mean, I don't know I think going
1: I, li- I think They Live is better received than The Fog.
0: Alright,
2: okay. Um, uh, I would go a controversial and say In the
0: Mouth of Madness. In the Mouth of Madness is a good In hate. the Mouth
1: of Madness I could good film, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I quite like Starman. Nobody talks about Starman. I thought it was a decent effort. Um, yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, probably. I'd say the Mouth of Madness. That's yeah. If we're going to take away, like, they live and obviously escape from New York, the fog as well. I mean, again, the fog wasn't as well received. Um, no, I'll go within the Mouth of Madness. I thought it was a it's a strange kind of almost Lovecraftian uh, yeah. take, and uh, yeah, it's not really talked there, about enough.
2: There, there really is no wrong answer. The man has an amazing back catalogue.
0: Yeah, but like. Was Sydney Roll just now having like the fog Prince of Darkness Escape from New York? There's mm-hmm. a lot of names there where you're like you're very familiar with, but I mean you might in the Mouth of Madness is never kind of like that's never part of like a, a Carpenter night or it's a release. No money. No, it didn't. it didn't. Although hardly any of his films made any money. Um, I don't know. Halloween Escape from New York. We won't talk about it. The, his worst one. Might be Escape from Ellie or. Yeah. Ghost from yeah. Mars.
1: I don't know, Ghosts and Mars is pretty dreadful.
0: Yeah, shit. Yeah. But the, the
1: thing
2: didn't make
0: any money and yeah. it's a masterpiece. Yeah. It it made it made money eventually, but not through cinema. That's the thing I mean Neil were talking I mean, Neil I'm sure I mentioned this. John Carpenter was so fortunate to lo- to have the the peak of his career when VHS was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know? Um but yeah. So yeah, I would probably say yeah, I'd probably agree with you, Jason, the mouth of madness. Um well guys, I think that'll do it for the night. Um gonna head off and watch the rest of Daredevil season three. Um so thanks for coming on, Jason. That was uh, No problem, was thanks yeah. for having me. You? Yeah, it was a lovely chat. Um so as I said, we'll have the episode up uh, shortly, um and me, Neil and Paco will, will be recording uh, the next episode Raptors next week. So look out for that one.
1: Well that will that be Bohemian Rhapsody?
0: yes and I think if you want to go watch Smallfoot you can yeah well.
1: I'm, I'm going to go watch Smallfoot
0: there you go then Ah, all that'll right. be fun <laughs> <laughs> um, alright well that'll do it for the night guys uh, thank you Jason thank you Neil this has been yeah, right from we'll see you later